Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? As always, I'm Sam Blakely, and as always, I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Hugh, how's it going? Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm feeling good for this spectacular Halloween episode. Isn't it great? Yeah, as as our listeners will have seen in the intro, in the um, title, we've got a bit of a double header special. And who better to join us for a horror themed special than Ben Dawson? Round of applause for Ben Dawson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. back. Yeah, Hi, it's, it's been uh, eight episodes since we last had you on, I think, eight or nine episodes. Wow. What have you been up to in that two-month interim? <laughs> Same as always, <laughs> Sam. Watching films, working, drinking, uh, like starring life. on, or not starring on, but uh, <laughs> appearing on Don't Tell the Bride. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really up playing your cameo role there. Tell us about Don't Tell the Bride. Were you the bride or the groom? I was... Uh, I was the cousin to the to the uh, groom. Where oh, yeah. that was a that was probably the most interesting thing that's happened to me since uh, I was last on the podcast. It was amazing to watch that because I don't think I know anybody else from Leek in uh, sort of Stoke area, and I thought, wow, all these people sound like Ben. I thought he was making up this accent, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it turns and out it was called, there's more of them. Well, it was called "Don't Spook the Bride," which is a nice uh, intro to this Halloween. Very Halloween apt. Episode. Very apt. Yes, I like it like it. Hugh, what have you been up to in the last two months? Watching films and uh, not appearing on reality TV. Oh, you and me both, my friend. You and me both. Um, for our long-term listeners, uh, you'll know Ben from The Shining episode. Those who haven't heard that, Ben, do you want to give us a quick praise of your sort of film tastes and your views on film? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I'm really into horror films. Uh which is pretty apt for this uh, for this episode. I think that's why we've got you on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not what's planned. Well, like I said last time, I mean, I'm also I, I, I'm not just into horror films. I I, I like film as a whole, and I, uh, uh, I I enjoy watching different weird films. Like I'm not just specific to one to one genre. Uh, I'm I, I think yeah. I mean, what well, just enjoy film really. Enjoy all kinds of art, and yeah, I love discussing it. So. As soon as yeah, background, well, you're, in, yeah, you're in good company. That's it. It's quite possible we'll get you on quite a lot more for those um, more obscure films. We've got an episode coming out where me and Hugh discuss some of our our tastes and s- slightly more obscure tastes, and uh, I'm sure you can join us. Neither of us had seen Harry Kiri, which we talked about last time. I assume you've seen Seven Samurai as well? I have, yeah. I have well, that was that. about three and a half hours, so I don't know if we really want to do that. It's, but it's, uh, Yeah, it's a long film. <laughs> yeah, bloody long film. We'll get into today's film, films then. We're going to do a double header. We're going to start with what we do in the shadows, and in light of the fact that it's just been released on DVD, and in light of the fact that it's Halloween, we're going to look at last summer's Midsummer. Um, neither me nor Hugh had seen Midsummer before, Ben had. That's why we've got Ben here. Absolutely. And... He's our horror master, uh, he's horror master corner, so to speak. You know? <laughs> it's good to have a correspondent. In, yeah, in he's horror. next to Critics Corner, yeah. It's yeah. a good time of year, good time of year it for is. it. And uh, neither Hugh nor Ben had seen What We Do in the Shadows, so we're going to start with that. That was my recommendation to these two uh, giants of film viewing, with gaps in their, in their viewing history. Um, and uh, then, we'll, then what I'll do is I'll find out what time we talk about Midsummer. We'll put that in the description of the show, so if you are listening to this and you don't want uh, what we do in the shadows to be spoiled 
then you can skip ahead to that. If you're listening and you don't want it midsummer uh, spoiled, then you know where to stop listening. So, but before we start, we do have to do the spoiler alert, which oh, yeah. will be inserted <laughs> here. Spoiler alert! Yes. There you go. You've been warned. That was the spoiler alert. You have been you warned. Just, you have. We need to find one that's less obnoxious, but uh, for now, <laughs> it's functional. <laughs> so we are going to spoil these films right from the start. Let's get straight into what we do in The Shadows, then. I'm going to tell the boys why I like this film so much, why I recommended it, and then I want to hear their views uh, shortly after. So what we do in The Shadows, uh, 2014 Taika Waititi film, well, Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement film, written and directed by the two of them, with the tagline, Some Interviews with Some Vampires. And it's what you get from that tagline is it's, it's a sort of parody uh, pastiche or, you know, some, somehow influenced by vampire films. It's about vampires, but it's a mockumentary style about four vampires living this very domesticated lifestyle, trying to fit into modern day New Zealand. What I really like about it yeah. is I do really like that, that mockumentary style. It's been overdone in a lot of things and it's been sort of bastardised in a lot of American comedies and so on. But essentially... The, one of the main reasons I really like that style is because it allows you it allows you to do exposition without it being tiresome. An expository dialogue is the thing that that winds up most film viewers mm. when it's clunky and obvious. And we've talked about it in previous episodes, but it's just a really neat, efficient way to just to get people talking to the camera about their lives, how they work, what annoys them, what they like, how they're feeling in those moments. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how you you two feel about mockumentary styles in general are they are they have they been done for the last 20 years oh i mean I, yeah there's definitely a it, lot it of depends that. how it's handled isn't it i think if, if you i think it's down to the story really if i think it, you know if, if it's got that sort of story that they can hang on or, the, or or well really the characters that they can hang on and then that's when it's really effective yeah, are they compelling enough, or is this just a way to save money? And obviously, it's hard not to talk about The Office um, when we're talking about mockumentary styles and how much that's influenced these things. Because it's this idea of you put a camera in, in front of somebody and they immediately want to impress the camera and kind of give their side of things, and it's in there that you see their blind spots. And there's there's a there's a fair amount in this film, although it's not really about that as much. Um, I think the main thing that I really like about this film is that it manages to... F- it's finding humour in the sort of logical, um, con- you know, sort of extremes of if vampires really did exist and they were all this sort of, they, they have these characteristics, this is kind of what it would eventually have to be. You can't be arch 24 hours a day for 300 years, you know, like you have to, <laughs> you have to sort of lighten it a little bit. Or, you know, what I wrote down is at some point vampires have to do the dishes. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just a domestic kind of sitcom where people are thrust together who wouldn't choose to be together in any of this scenario but except they have this one thing in common they're vampires yeah exactly they can't be friends with anybody else because uh, they'd eat them <laughs> uh, so, I mean I do feel like they probably should make more people into vampires but it doesn't always work out very well um, yeah and I think the the final big thing that I really liked about this film was actually quite good effects for the budget the budget was one and a half million dollars right. Yeah, which is nothing really for what they got. You know, there's a lot of good wire work and there's a lot of good transitions and really cool effects. It's actually quite scary when it when it's trying to be. Peter's actually quite a scary character, and uh, and the you know the makeup's quite expensive on him, and 
I don't know. There's quite. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of watching it on mute in the background. I've just seen Jermaine Clement as a cat, and it's just his face <laughs> superimposed def- onto yeah. a cat. I definitely agree with you on the how scary it is. I mean, I, there's like a few a couple of jump scares in, isn't it? and it's quite yeah. a lot dark in some places. That's right. And I'm just watching Nick run through the dark in the house, and <laughs> and uh, and it's quite scary. Yeah. And and yeah. then obviously Peter jumps out and grabs him, and he's too shocked. And I think it was Mark Kermud was saying about Attack the Block. He was comparing it to Shaun of the Dead and saying, Attack the Block is not scary or funny enough, uh, mm. whereas Shaun of the Dead is. And this is both for me, so I think it's such a difficult line to get right, and I, I think they manage it. What, so is that is that why you like it? Is that why you'd recommend it? Yeah, I think it's quite nicely absurd. It's it's the humdrum, uh, and it is that's why I'd recommend it. The things that I think you might not like about it, or certainly the flaw that I noticed more on second and third viewing, is there is no plot at all um and it does suffer from that and i've said it before you know one of the biggest notes that all filmmakers get and writers is where are the conflicts where are the stakes and where like there needs to be a sort of ticking clock and there's just nothing it's sort of ambles which is kind of what a lot of mockumentaries sort of would turn out to be you know it's not clear what everyone's motivation or like long-term intention is that that makes it lag a little bit if you're not into right. it but other right. than that, I, I, you know, really love it. It's not like many other things that I've seen before. Great. Yeah, so I'm going to get the boys... I keep calling you the boys, that's such a bro thing to do. I'm going to get the lads, uh, the lads, chaps, lads, lads. the gentlemen, my chums, <laughs> I'm going to get their views on things uh, after the break. So join us after the break to hear if Hugh and Ben liked what we do in the shadows. So welcome back to uh, Please Watch This, and we're now going to hear Ben and then Hugh's views on what we do in the shadows. Ben, did you like this film? I love this film. Get thought, in, yes. I mean, I think I think Sam probably knew that I'd like it because we have the same taste in comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I, did, I was quite confident. I, I'm not sure why I haven't watched it because I, I knew about it, and it's been quite it's quite an old film now, really, isn't it? I mean, it's been out a while. You've had five years. I know. <laughs> I think it's just laziness, really, that I haven't watched it. I mean, there's a lot of films. I was, I was. <laughs> well, I think, you, like you say, there's a lot of this mo- mockumentary style, and if you if you're looking for mockumentary style, you can you know you can just rewatch episodes of The Office. <laughs> but, <laughs> just that's uh, it. Just the, yeah. I'm, I'm set for mockumentaries for life. Just but I, uh, I, th- I thought this is definitely something new to the uh, to that style. And what, what do you think it added? Well, the concept, the concept is brilliant, and it's a lot darker than I thought it was. Than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, the, 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 like the actual murders and the blood and the gore. Well, I know. <laughs> the yeah, spinal I mean, column. The scene that stands out for me is near the start when um, uh, Viago, I think it's Viago, is mm-hmm. uh, getting that woman in. And he's like, I like to set up a nice ambience. So the last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think most other TV shows and films that have a sympathetic, nice vampire like that, they always go to blood banks and they always find animal blood or something. It's quite funny that he just actually just kills his, his dates. Yeah, so, I mean, and uh, what other things I liked about it was really the, the laugh rate. Like, it, there were so many jokes, like, all the way through. There was... I was laughing all the way through. There were some bits where I had to pause it because I was laughing. I was laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> what, were there any that stand out right now in terms of what 
cause you to have to pause the film. <laughs> there was one, but I think we should save it to tell their uh, favourite lines. Right, I uh, see that. I, I guess that makes sense. It would qualify as favourite line. Yeah. yeah, it is a very quick, quick because there's a lot of visual jokes as well as as well as uh, sort of dialogue jokes, isn't there? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I think that's one of the the positives of this film, isn't it? That it 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 works. It it does all sorts of humour. It doesn't. It isn't just dialogue based humour, which a lot of mockumentaries tend to be, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I, I love Spinal Tap's one of my favourite films, and a lot of Christopher Guest films. Uh, Waiting for Guffman, Love the Office. It's it's up there, I think, with with them. Wow! Just just how funny it is. What I, what one thing it reminded me of, and I, I don't think you two have ever heard of this. I might have mentioned it to Sam. There's a sitcom, an Australian sitcom, called um, Review with Miles Barlow. And it, it's difficult to find, but it's definitely worth checking out. It it it's got that. It's def. It really reminded me of that how dark it was. And it's. I don't really want to talk too much about that because it's not. It's not a podcast about it. But I, I'd really recommend if you like this film to check check that. Try and find that sitcom. But is it sort of similar tonally or something? It's similar tonally. It's very like a deadpan. Um, it's basically about a guy who's like presenting his own show just reviewing different types of things <laughs> it's difficult <laughs> to explain but it, it it's put one of the funny like one of the most funniest things I've ever, I've ever i think one of my favorite sitcoms that is not well known at all they did wow. remake it they remade it in in american american sitcom they remade it i've not watched that but I've, that's got good reviews as well i think that's a that's a yeah it was always tricky ground isn't it <laughs> yeah what what year is it from, or when did it? I run? think it was about ten years old, and there's only two seasons. It's really difficult to find. I, I watched some some clips on YouTube, and yeah. uh, got into it. It's quite hard to find uh, mm. Antipodean comedy shows and things like that. They're not yeah. as widely available, are they? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know, I know the, I know it's a New Zealand New Zealand film, but yeah, it's definitely got that same vibe. Yeah, it's it's funny how sort of. I suppose sense of humour can be so similar across different countries, miles and miles and miles apart, but obviously a lot of similarities, at least to us. It's mm. it's hard not to hear New Zealand without thinking of Australia and, and vice versa. That's true, yeah. yeah. So, Hugh, what are your thoughts on it? Did you enjoy it? So, yeah, like Ben, I love this film. I think oh, it's yes. hilariously good. Yeah, I was. it was better than I was expecting, to be honest. Um yeah, it's got that Taika Waititi ability of making things, you know, finding the, the comedy in the mundane and the domestic. And, uh, you know, it is, it is that kind of, yeah, what if, you know, just like when people spitball silly ideas, it's like, yeah, what if we just had like all the different types of vampires from vampire movies and just put them in a house together and see how they interacted and how they interact <laughs> with the outside world and how they... Um... And then they added... Like I thought it was just going to be like vampires and that was it, but I liked how they worked in the other elements of the horror. So they had witches. They had the obviously they have the scene with the werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and even um, vampire hunters. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that bit's brilliant. Where he goes, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a vampire hunter. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy. You know, and then he you know, was. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because I'm actually on that scene right now. This is always happening when I'm watching the film in the background. So he literally just said that. It's and I quite like how they've basically just kept all of the mythology about vampires. You know how some say, oh, of course we can walk in the daylight. That's a stupid one. Or of course garlic's not a problem. This one has everything thrown in because it's yeah. not trying to make a statement. <laughs> about what's good vampire and what's bad vampire yeah. and again that's what makes it so great that it's so domestic because you have like um when viago goes to um vlad's room and he's yeah. having that orgy but it's kind of it's on the wall kind of thing yeah. just as in uh, bram stoker's dracula in that in like an, also in like an impossible like distance from the camera yeah. and the dimension to that room yeah exactly and, and then when he like, opens the door again powers, it's back to normal they, yeah they're so because they're so normal and uh, but they're supposed to be these all powerful beings really and i'm just watching the fight between um Deacon and uh, the chap um, and Nick, and they're just turning to bats, and they do actually have these powers. <laughs> that you know, fight. Like, when... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when Vlad's trying to, trying to he's stood at the window, uh, what is it? See me? And knocks on the window. <laughs> <laughs> Very embarrassed about losing See powers. Me. It really, yeah, it really plays with like sort of the ridiculousness of like vampire lore as well. Like, and it really like shows that you know how funny, it, how funny it is. Yeah, because yeah. again, you can't be gothic and arch all the time. You know, yeah. you have to like have a shower, and you've got to you know, do things. You go to a chip shop. When they're getting ready to go out, and it's like, well, one of the drawbacks of not having a mirror, uh, <laughs> sorry, having a reflection, and they're having to draw what each other of them looks like. And when 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 Stu's showing them on the computer and they're showing <laughs> pictures of themselves for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it reminded me of Carl Pilkington's like most insightful ever little nugget yeah. of wisdom to, yeah. when he's watching Dracula. It's like it's rubbish. You know, it's got no reflection, but it's got perfect side part, perfect part in his hair. Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> Couldn't happen. Just going back to that, to the werewolves. I, I was thinking because I, I, I knew, I knew the three main characters, but um, about just about that time when they were meeting the werewolves for the first time, I just thought, you know what, make this film better if Reese Darby was in it, <laughs> and then he appeared. And then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a quite a special skill. Yeah, he's, no, no, uh, he's it's crazy. Somewhere. There was also another guy on on the werewolf team who we saw in Hunt for the Wilder People. He was one of the um, the Baba, Baba Ganoush hunters. Yeah, ah, I didn't recognise anyone from that film, obviously, other than Reese Darby and so yeah, and Taika Waititi, obviously. But um, yeah, he's clearly got some people he likes to work with. Yeah, I'm surprised Jermaine Clement wasn't in Hunt for the Wilder People. Actually, now I think about it. Probably yeah. afford him now. I think, well, exactly. I think he's probably in Hollywood, isn't he now? Yeah. Yeah. His sideburns and his square jaw. <laughs> <laughs> timeless, timeless classic. I think they recently went on tour again with the Flight of the Concords, I think, or released an album. I think they did, yeah. I think they did. So, yeah, that could have taken up some of his time. So, let's get into favourite scenes and lines then. Um, we'll start with favourite scenes. Ben, what was your favourite scene in this whole film? My favourite scene? I mean,. <laughs> I do like the uh, 
I, I like the bit where they go to the uh, to the ball at the end, and then they realise that Stu is a human, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all and they're all trying to like, oh no, we need to get him out, we need to get him out, because <laughs> yeah. I just really love that they like really like this guy Stu. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have no reason to whatsoever. <laughs> you brought a human in, Stu, <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> I just I don't know. It just kind of got to me that they were like really willing to put their whole. <laughs> existence on the line <laughs> he's, he's not like a charismatic guy who like you know he's like cock of the walk and he's so much fun it's just it's just all right he's a good lad you know he's a decent know. guy <laughs> he's like he's like oh like he's just like you know reliable he's a reliable member of the team <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna tell anybody did you, you know i don't know if you both knew this he's not an actor he's actually an it guy i was gonna mention yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I mean, name his name is Stu. His name is Stu. It's like it's like Big Keith in the office doesn't really know he's. It doesn't seem to know that he's actually in a thing. He's just being himself in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then it makes it good when he, uh, when um, what's his name, Vlad? Oh, I can't remember his name. Vladivar. Um, Vlad- yeah. Vlad- Vladislav. 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 That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Vladislav. I was thinking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> he enters, and then it's just like defending Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was my favourite scene. That's great. What about you? I mean, Stu? there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, um, Ben already mentioned my favourite scene was uh, when he's uh, doing, you know, the, the romancing of the woman, of his victim, where, um, you know, where he's asking her, it's just so funny, where he's like, oh, you know, he's like, it's the last night on earth, you know, I like to make him feel special. <laughs> While he's putting some newspapers down. Yeah, like, what that woman must be thinking at that moment. <laughs> what sort of crazy sex game are we going to have here? He's putting newspaper down. She just seems happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really happy. I'm thinking of going back to uni and, you know, <laughs> travelling a bit. And, yeah, it's... Like you said, it's it's it, that was the moment that the film went from an idea about like having little vignette sketches to being like, all right, this is genuinely funny because there's almost like a sense of remorse in his face when he's when he's when he's finished, you know, when it cuts and she's just laid on the on the floor in the newspaper, blood everywhere. But he's not bothered about he's killed somebody. He's like he's bothered about the mess it's made. It really just it sets the tone so much, doesn't it? Again, like I say, you know, in yeah. another film he would have he would have been a pacifist essentially, but oh, he yeah. wouldn't have killed her. She'd have run away, and you never actually get to see him kill somebody. And no, it just opened up an artery. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, and it would be, I suppose, after however many hundred years. Um, yeah. I think my favourite scene was possibly the encounter with the werewolves for the first time. Yeah. That bit's funny. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that makes it one of my favourite lines. And um, the introduction, just just Viago just talking through the house and like setting up the house meeting. It's a very effective opening scene, and it's really funny. And it's quite scary when he sees Peter and Peter opens his eyes. Like, it's got everything it needs for mm. this film. So I think, yeah, one of those two. The, you know, the werewolf scene is very, very funny. And the first scene is just so good at what it's supposed to be doing. I have got a second favourite scene. I feel like I should oh, mention. Yeah? It's when the uh, the police turn up and he says... Oh, oh yeah, that bit's brilliantly funny. <laughs> I'm not very good at hypnotising people. I hope they're... <laughs> 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 I'm just so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. It's so well done that, and it's so well written that they don't see it. <laughs> yeah, oh, what's this in the face? Yeah. And it's like the lens is just some... like we should kill them. No, let's not kill them. 
because they're just in the middle of a fight, aren't they? They're sort of yeah. hot, <laughs> levitating in the air. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on What's here then? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> no fire like this dead body. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, that's a great scene subject, as well. It's got a lot of watchability back. Some favourite lines then. Um, my favourite line. It's between two actually, which I didn't really think about until I was really, really searching them. I really like it when it's Deacon and Vlad talking uh, about why they choose virgins. And he says, Deacon says, I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. And then Vlad says, I think of it like this. If you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. (laughs) 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 And the other choice is at the, at the, uh, you know, the ball, the vampire witch, I can smell a virgin from a thousand paces. And Deacon says, go on then, go go a thousand <laughs> paces away and smell yourselves. <laughs> that was just a great comeback. <laughs> I missed it the first time I watched it, I think. Or it didn't stick in my head as like a memorable line. And when I watched it again, <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> so both virgin-based, although like an hour of screen time away from each other. Ben, what about your favourite lines? Yeah, so um, my favourite line is the same as your first favourite line. Oh, sorry. The sandwich. <laughs> I think I, I was going to say, I, I bet this is going to be everyone's favourite line, but it's it really, it's like, it's such a twist on like, <laughs> I never really thought about it like that before. Why virgins, yeah. <laughs> and just the image of someone fucking sandwich. <laughs> it really got to me. Yeah. <laughs> just I'll the way he says it, like, <laughs> yeah. just like, and it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, it sort of weirdly demystifies that whole mythical, like, they have to be a virgin. It's, oh no, we I just know, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you're right, yeah, that's just, it's true. <laughs> but like, it didn't make me think, like, if you're going to eat a human body, like, there's all kinds of disgusting things humans do all the time that I'd rather <laughs> they didn't do. Uh, even know, just yeah. perfectly normal biological functions. <laughs> it's, it's a weird bit of squeamishness from them. Hugh, mm. how about you? Was that your favourite line as well? Um, mine was with werewolves, not swearwolves. It was just that that's that silliness of, you know, these this pack of rabid wolves, but actually just just generally nice people, you know, just like we've got this thing. And it, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm the alpha <laughs> yeah. male. <laughs> I think that's towards the end, really, isn't it? When it's like, what you're laughing at. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know. Oh. <laughs> the other one I like is what's the point of yeah, doing yeah, the dishes yeah. if you're going yeah. to kill them? Yeah, they're ashamed of the dishes right before they kill them. <laughs> Vampires don't do dishes. Yeah. And Charlie don't surf. Indeed. Mm. I also liked the line that um his familiar has, um, Jackie, where she's like, I'd have been a vampire years ago if I had a dick. <laughs> yeah. Here I am I need their frills. <laughs> That's another thing, like, familiars, you see them in other things, and again, they're sort of like these obedient slaves who who refer to them with such reverence and so on. This is just like <laughs> someone that they're just... It's like a minimum wage worker, basically, that they're exploiting. Yeah, I, I thought that I was think really that's good a good lead-in to favourite characters, because she is my favourite character in the film. <laughs> she gets a great line at the end, doesn't she, where she goes, but just to be clear, I'm the master now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to us, <laughs> 
<laughs> the only criticism I have of this film is that she's not in it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently she was in the early stages of pregnancy. <clears throat> I'm sure oh, you all well. read the same IMDb trivia that I did, but... Mm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I totally read it this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good if, if, you, if, the, if you don't read them and just go off your reactions, actually, because that's, that's quite a cool one. Um, mm. So we've heard what Hugh and Ben have got to say. We've heard what I've got to say. Let's have a look at the critics. So I've got a few... Metacritic overall, what score do you think this film got as a percentage? Uh, 87? Is that too high, too low? I never know with Metacritic. No, not do I. Ben, what do you think? I think it's got to be... <laughs> <laughs> I'd say 80s. I don't think it's 90s, and I don't think it'll drop into the 70s, but yeah, 80s. A very surprisingly low 76. Wow. That There's must be significant. Stuffy critics. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so it wasn't um, widely reviewed. True, yeah, there's not that many available. Um, <clears throat> Turtle Film said it's sharp as fangs, warm as fresh blood. This could be the funniest movie of the year. New Zealand's answer to Edgar Wright. What do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah, high you praise. can't disagree with it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, Kath Clark at Time Out in London. I agree with this, but it is complimentary. This isn't much more than a series of ridiculous dotty mm. sketches and might have worked better as a sitcom, but it's surprisingly hilarious. Well, she can see the future, couldn't she? Because they they've made it into a sitcom now in America. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I haven't seen it yet, but I intend to. And then Rob Nelson at Variety didn't like it. Isn't remotely weird or witty enough for cult immortality. And I think that's Definitely harsh. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true at all, is it? No. But it's it's a it's a sense of humour, isn't it? It comes down to what do you find funny, and if you don't find, you know, or if you're tired of the mockumentary style and the jokes are too are overly subtle and they don't quite land for you, there's nothing. It's like it's it, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's one of those where on first viewing it must be so different if you watch it again and think actually you know what this I've been harsh on this one. It definitely. It definitely, I think it's, it does deserve cult, cult immortality, which is great. And I think the TV show is on its way to doing that. I agree with the um, the statement of, and you said it in the uh, the introduction, is it, it does meander a little bit. It is a series of sketches, that there's no doubt to that. But they work on, the, it works in its own terms and in its own world. And when it works within inside its own, dis, dis, you know, its own like framework. Logic, yeah. Yes, it's inter- on internal logic. Then you just roll with it because it, because there's enough familiarity in it that it works, and there's also enough outlandish absurdity that it also, when it doesn't quite land, you, you forgive it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And it, it is just so good, isn't it? And it gets, there's so much goodwill in the bank because it's just so funny and you've sort of enjoyed 90 minutes of it. Yeah. Did Let's, you like uh, Did you like the end, sorry, where he ends up getting with his um, long requited love and he's talking about the age gap <laughs> and she's like, I know what you're thinking. She's <laughs> <laughs> going out with a man four times, nearly four times older than her. That was good. That was quite nice. It's quite good that it, he's just sweet about it. It is just love for him, yeah. you know, and it's sort of this timeless love. It is very nice. And I like I like her. She's a very jolly woman as well, which is quite nice. And Apparently, what an to be given in your, in your 80s or I think 90s, um, like, oh, you don't have to die. I'll just give you eternal life now. <laughs> Quite nice. Apparently, when uh, Taika Waititi was acting, he uh, he mimicked his mum a lot. That's his, his own style. Yeah, like. yeah. I think Which that, would sort of suit yeah. an old lady like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, when I read that. I thought, yeah, that really uh, matches up to what what I thought he was doing. A massive thing we haven't mentioned, actually, which is, is bizarre that we haven't mentioned it, is that most of this is improvised. 
they wrote yes. a script that was like 150 pages long and then the actors didn't get to see it um, it's a bit like Kirby Enthusiasm they sort of know where they're going maybe they see it just beforehand but the two obviously the two most prominent characters are the writers so they knew what was happening and they were right. in basically every scene but I read I read that they filmed what was it 147 hours of footage yeah and then took a year to edit it <laughs> and it and it like a lot of American comedies in the sort of like um uh, Judd Apatow kind of mould they just are so indulgent with that right and yeah it's just like somebody's say. left it left it going for too long there's not many overly long scenes in this there's like plenty of cuts and it's quite disciplined I think it's definitely as long as it needs to be any longer and it probably would have outstayed its welcome I think yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of comedies that are like you know one hour fifty or something like that, and you think get in, get out, ninety minutes mm. for a comedy, you know, that's not dramatic. That's that's enough, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, because this has the potential to lose your attention after an hour because it's like, well, what what are you telling? What is the story you're telling? Because obviously yeah. they're building up to the masquerade ball, and that was kind of the big thing. But what this film does expertly is it it adds in new elements. So obviously with the death of Peter and the introduction mm. of. Um, of Nick and then the conflict Nick has with Deacon. There's actually stuff there to look at and there's there's love plot with Vladislav and uh, Viago. Sorry, not with Vladislav, with Viago. Um, I think actually the, the one character who is kind of underdeveloped in this film is Vladislav, actually, in fact. Um, he gets a lot of d- backstory and that's really interesting. Um, yeah, but we don't necessarily see too much of his, like, yeah. of, of intimacy or anything like that. He's, he's still... Relatively one dimensional, but um, or two dimensional, um, but yeah, no, I get, I get it's a good there, it's, you know. it's a good reveal of the beast. I mean, you knew it was coming. <laughs> I was, I was imagining that picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining it being some like I don't know, some weedy little guy or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's just his ex-wife, yeah. <laughs> his ex-girlfriend. It's great. Yeah. Um, let's do a quiz. Let's do a quiz about what we do in the shadows. We'll see how observant you both were. Join us after the break where we find out if uh, Hugh and Ben are any good. Welcome back. Let's get into the quiz about what we do in the shadows. I'm going to start with a tricky one that goes on a bit. Um, Well, the question doesn't. But what I'd like (laughs) you to do is put the four main vampires in age order bonus points if you can get their ages I'll go you, to you go first, first. You. Oh, I'll go. <laughs> right. I'm glad we sort that out <laughs> I'll, I'll do I'll do the order you do the ages here <laughs> damn <laughs> so Hugh you name them <laughs> Ben you give the ages and put them in order I only got one I got two of the ages Ben I didn't I've got, to... no, I've got. I've got. I can guess one of the age. Well, maybe two, but yeah. Go on. Well, so... let, I'll do the. Let's. I'll do the order first. I'll go with the order. Yeah. Okay. okay. So oldest is Peter. I've got his age. He's eight thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, he's like eight thousand wow. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um... Did you come to uh, flat meetings if you were eight thousand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I'm going with Vladislav. Yep. And then is um, he about? I think Vladislav is he eight hundred and something. Yeah, he's eight hundred, isn't yeah. he? Can we get one? Sixty-two. Can, was it sixty-two? Right. Did he get some partial credit for that. That was good. <laughs> partial credit. God. <laughs> it's not then negative he, marking. Thanks. <laughs> then we got Viago. Yeah, we've yep. got his age. He's three hundred and seventy-nine. 
Very good. Really? Did you write wow. that down? I did. Yes. <laughs> Are you reading these out? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I was yeah. really unsure of that because I didn't. I'm not. I, I didn't catch when it was mentioned. I was thinking about that all the way through, and I was like, but yeah, it's it mentioned on up, screen at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, just on screen. Ah, right, right. And Basically, I knew Sam was going to ask how old they were, so <laughs> I was trying to quickly find the ages before we started, and I only managed to find in time two of them, um, and then. So therefore, Deacon, how old? Oh, sorry, yeah, uh, how old is Deacon? Um, I. What do you think, Ben? I th- is he... Well, I thought he was 400 and something, so he can't... But I know he can't be that no, now. So. They say at the beginning that he's like the young one of the pack. You know, he's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's about 146. You're not a million miles off. I mean, you are more than 30 off, but... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love his introduction when he was like talking about when he got bit and he goes, I was just going about selling my wares. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a creepy castle. <laughs> <a creepy> castle. <laughs> now you yeah, you're now you're now you're a vampire. Now we are yeah. friends to this day. <laughs> it's it's difficult to imagine Peter being communicative even as little as two hundred years ago, like that. Right. You know, he's sort of if he's eight thousand years old and he's like he is now, it's weird to imagine him saying anything to anybody. In the, within the last 500 years but yeah Deacon so 183 Deacon ah, 183 I do love the um, the way that they use a lot of artwork to, um, and mythology to show <laughs> like these characters and that they were like existing in history like um, they like uh, photoshopped Deacon into like Nazi pictures and <laughs> yeah. they had um... when you're a Nazi <laughs> and a vampire <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Reminds me of the, uh, the line from uh, Breaking Bad where he goes, they're not just zombies, they're Nazi zombies. <laughs> the worst kind. Yeah. <laughs> Question two then, so I'll, I'll give you a few points for that one. Question two, who turns Nick into a vampire? Peter. Oh, well, I know this one, yeah, Peter. Peter, yeah, very good. What makes Nick throw up blood? Oh, he has chips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it, mention, it doesn't mention what's in the chips, does it? I assume it was garlic, but maybe it was just Maybe chips. it's just human food, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it when it was like, did you eat that? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to <laughs> projectile vomit and blood. Yeah. Like ridiculous amount of blood. <laughs> yeah. Question four. For how long is Nick banished? Oh. Indefinitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, not long? The semantics of it. <laughs> and here's one that you might not have got. What happens in the post credit sequence? Oh, he says, um, Deacon says, you forget all this movie. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, which is you quite good. Did, you, did you both film. see that, or did you yeah, just find that out after? I was yeah. I just forgot. To, I just didn't turn it off, and then it came on. And I was like, "Oh, this is a surprise." Um, <laughs> I actually did read the IMDb. Now I remember. I read it oh, yeah. kind of whilst I was watching the film, and I was like, got to the credits, and I was I was reading it as I was watching the credits. And I was like, "Oh, there'll be something at the end of this. Let's have a watch." But, yeah, well, worked out well. <laughs> it didn't. That was that was what we do in the shadows. I'm looking forward to watching the TV show of this actually because I haven't seen it yet. I was a bit worried it would it would pale in comparison and so on, but it. I think there could be some fun in it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as good as the film, but I, th- I think it's a it's a theory that has legs, isn't it? It's a concept that you can you can keep yeah. making things out of it. I mean, it's a workable sitcom premise. Yeah, if, I mean, if they did 140 hours and then they <laughs> edit it down to an hour and a half, then they've clearly got a lot they can work with, haven't they? 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Is mm-hmm. it on Netflix? Oh, I couldn't find it. I think it. so, it was. I think it was, anyway. Yeah, oh, I right. So yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I think they make a cameo in one episode as well. I was looking into it because... Oh, that's good. The three characters. Not Nick, I don't think, but... Yeah. It does look a bit like they're exactly the same, though, as the film characters. Like, when I looked... I've not watched it. I've not seen any... I've just seen, like, set art, and they literally just looked like the three vampires mm. from this film. That's so I tricky. Think... I don't know whether I'd like... If it's different actors and different writers, I don't know if I'd like that or if I'd want them to be in that same universe. Just right. It literally just just looked like they've Americanized them. Yeah, I do like Matt, Matt Berry though. He's uh, he's good in a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, Matt, I imagine it'll be it'll Matt, be perfectly fine in this. Matt Berry. So, listener, if what you do in the shadows, if, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, fair enough. So that's another another poll, listener. If you've seen it, let us know on Twitter at Please Watch Pod or uh, email us at. Uh, in fact, Hugh, have you got a? A sort of uh, tortured analogy email thing T- here. Tortured, thanks. That for later? <laughs> um, no, fuck you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the email address. It's um, at please no, watch this dot very much at, at gmail dot com. com. Yeah. Uh, farts at farts dot com. No, it's uh, <laughs> please watch this dot pod. Sam is a knobhead at dot gmail dot com. <laughs> Just in case you didn't get it the third time, everyone. Please watch this dot pod at gmail dot com. Okay. Um, we'll tell them. That was what we're doing in the shadows. We're going to take a break now, and we're going to talk about Midsummer. If you haven't seen Midsummer, by God, don't listen to that. Um, go watch Midsummer. It's on DVD now, and then get back to us. Okay. So yeah, let's go for a break. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So, we're now going to turn our attention to the 2019 film Midsommar, uh, starring Florence Pugh. And uh, what we're going to do, so usually, how, as what we do on this show, is one person will recommend one film one week, because as we said at the beginning, it's a Halloween special. We're doing two films. Now, as uh, listeners may know, I'm not the biggest horror fan. That's why we got Ben in. Um, so Ben essentially has recommended Midsummer to both me and Sam to watch this week. That's our Halloween twist, you know, to scare the listener uh, with Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm off guard. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to let Ben take over now, and he's going to tell us... Um, a bit of the plot about the characters and why he recommended it to me and Sam. I so, vote we throw in another uh, spoiler alert here. Yes, so uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! <laughs> right then. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I saw this film at the cinema when it, when it came out and uh, I remember discussing a lot of films that I, I would recommend and I really felt that this was a film that really resonated with me. Um, I mean, in terms of just a short overview of the plot, is uh, basically there's a couple who are, are really in a, in a toxic relationship, really, and um, uh, the <coughs> Danny, who's uh, um, basically has a, a, a trauma at the start. Um, um, We're in spoiler then, territory now, so you can say what it is if that makes it easier. Yeah, so basically a family uh, dies, uh, is kind of suicide by a sister, and kills her parents, and um, she's really like obviously emotionally uh, shattered by it. Um, and then a boyfriend who's who's thinking of splitting up with her is uh, obviously <laughs> put trapped. out by this. Is trapped. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> and he, as part of his thesis, he was going to uh, 
um, a Swedish commune to study um, to study their culture with a group of friends. So oh, he feels obligated to invite Danny over. Um, and once they get there, they kind of slowly realise that there's something odd with this commune. And uh, so, what, so basically um, it kind of goes into like a folk horror territory and yeah. uh, it kind of goes full full on weird <laughs> and <laughs> uh, as I like to put it yeah definitely definitely parallels to the Wicker Man and mm. uh, um, towards the end of the film really goes into more of a um, an allegory a metaphor which I'll probably get into later sure. um, so yeah that's a short overview really um, so why would you recommend it to me and Sam then yeah right. what, what hit you about it well it's interesting that I'm back on to do this film because I, I think there's a lot of parallels with The Shining uh, that we reviewed uh, last mm. time. Okay. Um, as I said on that, I really like films that have that I've got like a, intense and really build up the tension. Like this film is amazing. I think it's amazing at, at creating a, a sense of dread throughout the whole film. It's, yeah. How it, does it do that? Well, I think it's all in the pacing and the focus. Like, I really think, like, what I was thinking about it, um, there's a fo- real focus on Danny and what, what she's going through. What I, felt, what, what I thought was really good about it is a lot of deaths that are showing off screen. You don't see them. And it's really got, like, a similar to The Shining, there's a, a, a foreshadowing uh, and there's, like, subtle subliminal messages. Like, in it, for instance, there's a, great, there's a great scene where you see a bear where the first visit for like, mm. for, for for like, I don't know, three seconds. Like, oh, there's a bear there. Doesn't so mention, we're not going to mention the bear? Not, they, don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't mention the bear again. And then about two thirds of the way in, Christian's sitting down there looking at all these paintings and you just see a bear on fire. Mm. <laughs> and you know, and to there's, me, a, that there's was... a tapestry right at, the, right at the start before anything happens. There is a tapestry. I'm, I'm kind of... Basically explains watching, the plot. The shadows and watching it again. And it's, and it's there, yeah, it's plotted out in front of mm. you. Oh yeah, it's really it's really like a fairy tale in the way it's presented. foreshadowings. It's it's biggest strength, of, one of the biggest strengths of the uh, this film, isn't it? And I thought it's that was a really, bad. really confident for like. I mean, the director Ari Aster has directed one film before this, and the second film it's technically it's great fantastic. name by the way, Ari Aster. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Ari or Ari. I'm not. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I've, got I've heard people pronounce it Ari. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, last week when we said we were going to do this. I was saying, oh, uh, Midsummer, that's the one with uh, Tony Collette in it. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. like, yeah. Totally. <laughs> when is she going to turn up? What is she doing? Is she Swedish? <laughs> well, did you, yeah, yeah, where did you get Tony Collette from? I don't, and more, annoys me more, is that? Ah, right, I see. He's on the film. Yeah, yeah I, I mean... I'll, I just agreed. I'll, obviously, people, <laughs> people compare it to Hereditary, and I think, for me, I, I, prefer, I really like Hereditary, but I think towards the end of... Of it, it kind of went a bit too, a bit too over the top for me. Whereas this, uh, this, I, 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 prefer, I definitely preferred. In terms of like, as I said, it's a, it, the pacing. It's a long film, it's two and a half hours long. But mm-hmm. I was never bored while watching it. Um, I'm not sure if everyone else had. I mean, well, I'm sure not not everyone had the same experience for me. But in terms of the, so, uh, so it kind of left you tense enough to get you through that. I just Modern had, time. I, yeah, I mean, I just had this really, I felt a really connection to the characters. I felt from a technical point of view, the cinematography and the acting, the dialogue, it was all, <laughs> I, I, all really 
really good. Like uh, <laughs> I thought it was incredible. And I think Florence Pugh's performance as Danny was like is Oscar worthy in a way. Like wow. it rem- what it reminded Time me of. Breaks. It reminded me of uh, The Exorcist, Alan Burstein's performance. Like really emotional like this emotional weight she's dealing with and it really anchors the film. Like it really kind of pulls you Makes down you, into a reality. Does it make you care about the character more than you maybe would have if say, you know, it, there was no, all that, all that you saw in this was their relationship going a bit sour. Yeah. I mean, if I think the film hangs on her performance really, because it's what she's going through. If, if, if you've not got that performance there, then you're going to, you're not going to feel that connection and you're just going to think this is this is boring and ridiculous. But I think her performance really stands out. I mean, I think all the other acting is incredible as well. Christian's character, he really does a really good job of making it seem believable. Like, he's basically gaslighted her. And he's... A, <laughs> and he's you, you can understand him at the start, but then he does things towards and you think, yeah, I've been, I've been tripped by this guy. He's a prick. Especially, especially the scene... There's a lot of scenes, there's a few scenes in the middle of the film where Danny's like just staring at him thinking, I've really misjudged you. <laughs> yeah, when when, uh, when they say that, um, what's her name, Col- uh, Connie, yeah. uh, when Simon's just gone off and he goes, oh, it must have been a miscommunication. And yeah, they're all chatting. And she's staring care. at him like, who, who the fuck am I tied to right now? And the, and the yeah. scene where... The he's scene he's after... provoked an argument there, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, there was no need for him to say that in front of all those people. Well, he just yeah, doesn't care, does he? He just monumental. wants to get his thesis done. But, and then there's also the scene where... Uh, after the disappearance of, of his friends and he's just and they're just like someone stole the book and he's just like they're not my friends nothing to do with yeah, them immediately cut ties she's looking at him with yeah. disbelief yeah. yeah as in oh god yeah um, but is, what, so is there anything the, else that you would rec- that you would say that may, well obviously you know Sam better than me so what specifically maybe would you recommend to Sam about this film well the other thing that I really like about it is uh, the sense of humour <laughs> like there's bits in it that are really funny <laughs> and uh, intentionally funny uh, like I, I was reading an interview of Ari Aster and he, he said uh, he said yeah he had a quote he said a film without humour is a film wasted wow. and I, I really thought that was yeah yeah like because there's I, I read another review that said the laughter is from seeing such extreme things on, on screen that you just don't know how to respond other than to laugh I thought that was a bit true on some of this, especially some of the scenes, especially the scene where he's uh, having sex <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> and then just the, pushing his butt. <laughs> yeah, and then she, the mother basically looks down, and starts singing, and <laughs> he's yeah. like looking like what You're the right, hell is going on? Yeah, yeah there's absurdity. an absurdity to yeah. get those laughs. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it really takes away from the film. I think it adds to it. Okay. Yeah, Is I mean, there's there, a lot... um, sorry. Oh, sorry, no, after you. Well, I, I was trying to think really why uh, I preferred this film to Hereditary and why I really like horror films. And I think it's what I like about horror films and specifically this, this film is I think they're kind of a cathartic experience. Um, like, I, I really like film. I really like films that really build the tension, and then you've got that sort of release at the end of the film i feel i i I don't i don't think any of you seen hereditary but i don't think that really has that at the end it's it's a lot darker more like you know a more depressing ending uh spoilers for hereditary (laughs) (laughs) that's uh, an interesting point because i don't think you necessarily need 
I'm going to use the word happy ending here with no connotations. Um, I don't, you don't strike me as somebody who would need a, a horror story to end in a happy way to enjoy it for that release of tension. What I, I think I've changed on my view of that because I used to think when I was younger watching films that it was good to have like a, a bad ending, a depressing ending. But mm. I've changed my view. The anti-Hollywood anti kind of vibe. Yeah, but I think on films where something really bad is happening, like, and the characters go through hell, you need something good at the end, that release, to feel, like, you know, like, like cathartic. Like, so one of my favourite horror films is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. So all the way through that, this woman is going through hell. And at the end, when she gets away and she's laughing like a mate, I mean, she's probably like, you know, disturbed and she's not going to be the same ever again. But <laughs> <clears throat> it's that release that you feel, I don't know, you, you just feel like uh, you just, it's, it's such a cathartic experience that you go through. Is that, is that a, an age thing? Have you changed in age or, have, you know, was it, was well, it of course it's of, changed in age, you know, but <laughs> on that, on that particular, on that particular level, is it, is it because maybe it again was the anti Hollywood teenager maybe. who likes films uh sentiment before and now you've now you may be sentimental in your dirtage maybe <laughs> i don't know now you're in now you're 30 <laughs> now you're i think it just comes from like understand i i, I mean you, you, you're a psychologist or something you probably know more than me but i've been reading a lot especially since it's halloween Choice. Why? Why? I, I, I think it's interesting why we like horror films. Is like mm. ever since films have have been made, there's been horror films. And I was reading a study, and there's a lot of there's a lot of studies, but they don't. No one's really pinned it down. Right. But I definitely feel that yeah. sense of of like that cathartic experience is why I I like films like that. I am definitely growing more and more to the opinion that basically all cinema is catharsis in some way you know right. laughter is really cathartic i think mm. ricky gervais has spoken about the two or three times he's had to cry mm. in a scene he always says it one time and he says it's like an orgasm he, he right. can't do it again because it's actually a release and a relief yeah. you know the yeah. i mean f the invention of lying for all its faults actually is very moving when his mum's dying and he and he says yes no you're going to go to heaven mm. and it's all going to be great and mm. you'll dance you love to dance mm. um there is that release and it is a very cathartic thing to do is cry during a film so you know maybe it's like a, a roller coaster the the best sort of dips in a roller coaster are those that are, are preceded by you know a solid three minutes of tick 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 up mm. and then bang right down well yeah i mean there's the famous uh quote from hitchcock about tension um, where there's a bomb under a bus, you've probably heard it, mm. and, you f and this bomb's going to go. You know the bomb's going to go off in three minutes, and uh, he, I think he's there's a film that he's making, and he he, he said it's what, when that at the end of that three minutes he made the mistake of making the bomb go off, whereas right. he should have not let the bomb go off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a similar quote, I think it's uh, Hitchcock that is credited as well as well as maybe on a similar thing, uh, having a bomb under a table but not showing it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably similar. Uh, might be the same quote that's been misattributed twice. Um, but yeah, I mean, tension tension is a must be such a difficult thing to build in a horror film. One of the things Before that... I I to, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, one of the things that I found interesting when I was reading about it that I thought was, uh, was relevant to this film was that um, he was saying about creating suspense. I don't know, it's not Hitchcock, it was some study online. But he was saying suspense is created when um, you don't know what's going to happen. But then, once if you right. know if you know what's going to happen, then that suspense is placed by dread. 
And I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this, with the foreshadowing on this film, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know, something bad's going to happen. So that's where you really feel that dread in the film. There was a bit where um, I'm going to find what I actually wrote down. I think it was basically when they get to the commune and you see the big uh, statue sort of thing. I wrote, the Americans are definitely going to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> it was at that moment I thought, oh, this doesn't end well. I think that's one right, of the. Th- yeah, I get it now. that's what I like about this film. It's deep as well. Like it's not, it's not just. Uh, there's a lot of themes in it. I think where one of the themes is like arrogant, arrogant Americans like not respecting other cultures and. Yeah, there's a host- hostile thing yeah. there, isn't there? You know, yeah. it's a long, you know, well-worn path. Before yeah. we give away too much of our opinions, then uh, should we get into what me and Hugh think? Well, I was just going to ask before we do that, what does what would Ben say we might not like about this film? Right. What would he say maybe wouldn't tickle our fancy? Well, I think I'm going to make a prediction here. I think Sam likes it, but he's yeah. not one of his favourites. And I think Hugh, based on what you said on The Shining, I don't think I think you'd, you you kind of like it, but I think there would be a, a lot of things that would annoy you. <laughs> and I think. I think are there any things well, are there any things that would annoy him? I think the things what that would annoy him is some of the um some of the decisions that the characters make <laughs> especially towards <laughs> the last last part of the film. Da- right, Do you okay. mean you're not immediately saying let's get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, coming up after the break we'll find out whether I like the film or not and if Sam liked the film. Welcome back to Please Watch This. Now we're going to uh, see what Sam thought of um, Midsommar. I'm going to start by saying generally my right horror films, whenever I'm starting a horror film, I always assume I'm not going to like it because it'll either be too camp or too stupid or too dark sort of visually. And in this film, it's sort of, I think one of the first shots is it panning across some family photos on a mantelpiece and it's and it looks like it's semi-dark so it might be quite lit and I thought oh god it's going to be another one of those films where it's in a house and it's very dark and there's lots of you know face in the mirror uh, home horror type things and it was such a relief for this to be so different than that for it to be really bright light right. completely yes. lightly lit all the time really affects anxiety inducing film you know that like you took to say about suspense and tension so much credit has to go to the score same as, as The Shining really um, there's a weird uncanny valley-ness and an uncanniness yes. to yes. to the cult's sort of friendliness and at first I was definitely taken in by that I thought well this is just community living is just must be really nice in many ways like they're their family and then I thought no wait there's another hour and a half that's what they want you to think so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I've seen The Wicker Man mm. um, and you know you cited The Shining Ben and I, I would cite Get Out as well in that mm. discordant yeah, violin yeah, um, sort of thing but the, the trickles of, of, of sounds when it starts to get quite tense when the score is when Christian's the score is definitely inspired by The Shining I, I see so many parallels with yeah. it. There's, I think it's in the scene where Christian running around naked right. where it's got that weird like rain stick type mm. sound of just like like trickles of music of sounds mm. and it, it's, it feels like it's going up your spine mm. you know there's that sort of thing and what I really liked was it's, it's such an accurate reflection of a passive aggressive relationship yes. that's a bit like you use the word toxic and I've seen that word a lot and it it is a it's kind of toxic in that it's just eating away at both of them 
and it was really frustrating. I I kind of I saw so much of my experiences in in like relationships towards their end. Yeah. In their relationship, you know, in that she is being kind of not necessarily needy but she is needing him and she needs his emotional support he's kind of fed up and he doesn't want to invest anymore and then she feels guilty about being so needy and he doesn't need me and he doesn't say these things and I recognised parts of myself in Christian I was like oh damn it yeah. <laughs> you know, it taught me something yeah. and and they're, and they're so their when you join the commune yeah. <laughs> next two weeks I've not told Nick yet but um, right, I'll okay. tell her I'll tell her today and um, <laughs> and that's what I really like it was very accurate there's a film called um, is it Still Crazy or Like Crazy Like, like Crazy Like Crazy with Felicity Jones and um, Anton Yelchin and that got it so right there's a lot of silence and mm. sitting on beds and like not really saying what you want to mm. say like got that absolutely spot on you know you'll have seen it described in lots of places as being a it's really a film about a relationship breakup um and and i just really really liked it and again i love the foreshadowing i love really well thought through movies yeah uh, like this and like get out and Shaun of the dead where you see the end right at the start something like hot fuzz yeah. everything basically happens twice mirrored mm. um you know it's foreshadowed that it happens almost in that order so i really like that that sort of thing and and not foreshadowing where you know what's going to happen, but you go, I know that's going to be relevant later. And when I watch this again, that is going to be glaringly, obviously, yeah. a, like me telling me what's going to happen. But actually, it's just foreshadowing. The first Would you time. agree with Ben about the um, the performance of Florence Pugh and Jack Raymond in there? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I saw her in Fighting with My Family uh, this year. It's one of the few times I've been to the cinema this year, and I thought she was great in that because she had oh, quite is a that, lot oh yeah, it's the same yeah. actress, isn't it? Yeah, and so I didn't recognise her in this for the first sort of 20 minutes. I was like, oh my God, that's Florence Pugh. Um, I, it also reminded me how great Will Poulter is. Yeah. I, I remember finding him a bit irritating when he was, you know, 16 and he was on school for comedy, school of comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he's just, he's just, he's just grown and grown into this really good actor with a flawless American accent in this case and mm. really suits that role of being the sort of r- ruled by his gonads the character is completely insipid isn't he yeah you're glad when he dies to be brutally honest and they're all sort of types what I really liked when I first saw them sitting at the bar was they weren't just these jock types they seemed sort of like sensitive and thoughtful yeah I mean Will Porter's character is kind of being a bit of a dick but he's, he's kind of giving the sort of advice most people would give to their friends he's definitely in a, believable in a relationship a, believable as a character exactly yeah and so it makes it even more uncanny when they go there and it's just this weirdly mm. all bright smiling teeth uh, sort of commune. Yeah. So I really liked it. I, I did, I, yeah, I sort of, Ben was talking about character decisions. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all at the time. I did think you should have left by now, but but they justified it well. When the, when the old couple, yeah, well, when the two old people uh, commit suicide, Christian just says, well, look, this is, it's cultural yeah. and I get it yeah. you know it's, but it seems barbaric to us but putting people in nursing homes would see and I was taken in by that I thought yeah. this is this I, I can see why it's a system that you could respect and it it was an astute you know, observation wasn't it by that character yeah. in that mm. moment and there's, and there's plenty of motivation for Simon to still be there because of his thesis he's not running away from a little bit of oddness mm. 
Um, a little especially, more than a little bit. I mean, three people going missing. I mean, yeah. uh, he's yeah. fine with that. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I liked his motivation. I liked all the relationships. I liked that Christian is a douche and says, "Oh, I'll take this as my thesis as well," and kind of ruins everything. So, yeah, yeah I really, really, really like this film. Um, wow. Hugh, tell tell us why you hated it. Then, go on. So. Um, your prediction was right yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah any film that's good cinematography and it's over two hours Hugh is not going to like it I no think. no no Hugh is not going to like it because of any film cinematography you've got over about, two and a half hours you're going to hate it what do you mean I'll stand <laughs> up for Hugh I'll stand up for Hugh like it is on taste like you know it, it, yeah. I'm sure he appreciates how, how good it is he just didn't like it <laughs> it's not so much I didn't like it. I, it's just I watched it today, uh, so I could get like a fresh take. So I wasn't like thinking, not thinking. That's why I wasn't in a situation where I was trying to think back to what I'd seen and going, "Oh, yeah. am I misremembering? Am I right. getting the tone of this?" It's fresh. Um, yeah. So it's you know I watched it this afternoon. Um, for me, it's not that I didn't like it. I just found that it was. How do I describe it? Is it, it just felt? I know it's it's a horror film and it's meant to give you that une- uneasy feeling and it being a bit off. I almost wish this film was a breakup film and not a horror film because I found the situation that the character was in in uh, Danny's character where she'd had this. Hor- I mean, it, I, I think that bit at the beginning is brilliant by the way when oh like you can't I felt that so powerfully yeah, yeah. you like you knew, like when when they show the shot of the parents in bed and the phone's been ringing and she's leaving the answer machine you knew straight away something was off there you knew it yeah. and it was I, I said to myself out loud, I even went out loud went they're dead <laughs> <laughs> um yeah because of they built it up so well yeah. um do you know what I'll go into the things that I do like about it you're right the tension in this is always there it's the music by uh, Bobby Glick I think it's pronounced oh right um he goes under a pseudonym uh, yeah is it Haxon like Haxon something I think which is yeah. a pretty good name let me tell you Bobby <laughs> I don't want to get the gentleman's name wrong because that's always rude um bear with me <laughs> this is exciting radio uh, yeah well, so composer yeah Bobby the Krillick, that's it yeah or Kerlick it's K-R-L-I-C so I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce that but let's go with Krillick yeah the score's brilliant I can't deny the score is amazing the cinematography I had a look into this film um, when we uh, this afternoon and they made this film it, it got approved um, last year and it was released within a year now that's almost unprecedented and to make a film look so intricately detailed like when she goes sorry when um, Christian goes and speaks with um, with Siv in that house and then there's all the little panels Mm. in each you know as the wallpaper and it's yeah I mean the detail that's a lot of set design he did his research a lot of research I was reading Ari Aster on uh, on like you know communities and that sort of thing and yeah yes so and I, I really liked that attention. The, the attention to detail in this film is bang mm. on. There's nothing you can't you can't fault it for that. You can't fault it for. I mean, Florence Pugh in this, she's amazing. Like honestly, like this is why I think this film's actually quite good. I don't, I, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's amazing. But it, I didn't turn it 
personally, if it, she hadn't been amazing in this, I'd have turned it off and what and just not bothered. I'd just been like, oh, they're, they're going to die horrifically somehow, and that's the end of it. it. It did follow a few horror tropes that I thought were a bit well wearily worn. Um, the whole fucking the black guy dies first. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm, watch, I'm watching that scene at the moment, and it's so are. scary because I'm like, watching the scene. I'm, I'm, like, I'm always watching the scene, and I, I always I like go. He's got his nub out, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's got a full-on hard on, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> really getting into it. And it wasn't until after the film when I was kind of reading into it, I was like, I didn't realise that was Ulf yeah. who killed uh, killed Will yeah. Porter's character. Yeah, Mark, that's all. On the, yeah, on I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that if... When, uh, he, when he leans over and you see the face, yeah. I, I, read I it. thought, wait, that looks like Mark. I, yeah, I, I thought they done it was something Mark the first time. To, <laughs> is, he the new Ru- is he the new Reuben or something? Like, have they mm. done something there? I didn't realise that it was... He put. He was wearing his face. Yeah, yeah. And it's a creepy shot. Mm. Yeah, it is very disturbing, isn't it? Um, but you're right. There, there are some tropes in this, but I think it does well with the the sort of mythology of the cult. Um, I really like some of the things, like in terms of Reuben, uh, you know, drawing, you know, adding to the their book and their, you know, their their, their uh, sort of sacred text is, you know, hundreds of. Uh, volumes and all this sort of stuff. There's lots of and, it's and like the runes. It's and the nineteenth volume, isn't it? See, it's, uh, it's yeah. interesting you mentioned Ruben because I, I wrote down that if I that's one criticism is that that I don't think that character's really needed. I just thought it was a, right. added to be like this creepy image, which it's good. It's not really yeah, it's, it's not really expanded. For the, for the it's not really expanded or... upon. Like and it it's just it's yeah. a bit tacked on. Sorry, I was going to say, I read it as it's juxtaposed to what these characters see, that all these beautiful, you know, tall, good-looking Swedish people, and then there's this obviously disfigured, right. disabled person, and the excuse is, oh, he's got some clarity of cognition that the rest of us don't have. And, and then they're purposely in, inbred to, yeah. Yeah, to, to create to that. this. It's, it's another one of those where you go, yeah. well, this, this cult has got some weird... Uh, sorry, this commune, not this cult. They've got some weird, you know, rituals and so on that go beyond yeah. being yeah. humane. You know, yeah. when you say about character motivations, and maybe that's one of the criticisms that I would have about this film, is I actually buy, I buy Danny's motivations in this entire film. Like Sam, I think she probably would have left when when the two old people died. I think she when they committed suicide. I think she would have left at that point, given her emotional state. Um, personally I wish this had kind of been a film where all those other people just left naturally rather than being killed off horrifically mm. and it just being about the end of their relationship and then she chooses to kill her boyfriend <laughs> yeah. I, I would have loved it it's to that, have built to that, that you know, beatific <laughs> smile at the end she's just like so satisfied to end this toxic relationship yeah. in the most bizarre way possible I know but that I would have believed that a lot more do you know what I mean it's like I always say about horror is my tr- my difficulty with horror is I've always find it super hard to suspend my disbelief and maybe the reason why I didn't rate this film as high as both of you guys is I can't suspend my disbelief that the families of these people who died are going to come looking for them and, and, and that's why I was like sat there thinking oh well Danny's the one that's going to die because no one's going to come looking for her and her boyfriend's yeah. going to break up and go off and she was the one that was going to be like sacrificed or so I liked the 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 twist that she's the one who gets indoctrinated into this cult mm. because quite yeah. frankly her emotional state it, that would happen wouldn't it I think you know, it, I think poor, it... she's what you're early 20s she's yeah. lost yeah. her sister's bipolar she's killed her parents and committed suicide and I think it like really shows this... how she's like losing a grip on reality 
and like you say, comes indoctrinated yeah. into the uh, into the group. Yeah, yeah, and there's a really effective use of hallucinogens and, mm. and so on in this film. Yes, yeah. so well done on screen, yeah. isn't it? You know, the, everything just pulsates a little bit. It and, feels like a bad trip. Sat down, it really does, yeah. I mean, I've never taken mushrooms, but... That's what I hear people say it's like, isn't it? That the thing's pulse, is my understanding. Yeah, there's like a, the trees breathing. Yeah. When they're sat down for that banquet after she becomes the May Queen, mm. I kept... You couldn't see what was in the in the in uh, the food. I th- I was like, is that human? Yeah. And I thought I could like see things moving all the time. And it was, you know, and Christian asks a question to the old man, and he just claps, yeah. just to kind of like mess with his mess with his world, really. Yeah. yeah. At what point did you both know that it was going to end badly for the Americans? Well, it's a horror film, so you you know it's going to end badly for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it a horror film? I wrote down some talking points. Those were two of my questions. At what point did you realise? And is it a horror film? Yes, it's a it's a folk horror film, isn't it? That's essentially what it is. It's yeah, you know, def- people come to an isolated yeah. insular community, and uh, you know they literally all of them except one of them gets murdered. Well, the director, <laughs> in an interview with the director, he said he he definitely feels it's a horror film, which yeah. is interesting. Well, that's good, and for. For the purposes of a Halloween special, let's just agree it's a horror film. But when I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, this doesn't feel like a horror. And then I saw a guy, you know, mm. sort of hanging from the ceiling by his lungs. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's horrific. Still breathing. <laughs> um, still breathing. Yeah, seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, and what, but yeah, Ben, how about you? Did you did you know right from the start? I mean, did you? Um, how soon did you know it would end badly for them all? Well, I knew from reading, like saying, you know, the Wicker Man vibe straight away. <laughs> oh, you go! Oh, right, they're going to die. Yeah, in a ritual. I didn't know exactly what <laughs> involving yeah. a fire and bear, bears. I mean, no bees though. No, no, that's no, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Not <tip>. the bees. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get that as a sound clip in here, I really want to. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to avoid the uh, the Wicker Man remake, but yeah, <laughs> so. I've never seen it. I've not. I've not seen the Wicker Man actually. Mm. Nah, it's, it's well, good. I know that. What do you think, Ben? Does he need to watch it? Um, it's quite well. I think you should watch it. I think everyone should watch it. It's good. I would be glad to watch it as long as it, yeah. It's not as long. Maybe there's a future episode in summer. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'll add it to the list. So. <laughs> I was wondering, kind of, so you were saying about character motivation. So, yeah, Christian is the worst possible boyfriend in the world for this poor guy. <laughs> he is just a, te- he's a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> yeah. He's just awful. He's a dick to his friend. He basically steals his thesis idea and tries to justify it by arguing with him because he went, well, I asked them first. <laughs> it's like that's not yeah. how it works I've brought you to Sweden because you know this is what I want to do because I've, I've done the work and you're you've you know arguably he could have said to him there at that point well look you've the boyfriend of this girl whose parents and sister have just died why don't you ask the university for some extra time I'm sure you'll get yeah. it you know and Rather then you can go globbing onto this one yeah I mean he is in an impossible situation at the beginning of the film can't deny that like you said Sam the, the relationship is clearly at its end and what hap- the tragedy that happened comes at the wrong time for him and you know if 
you almost go, well, you're such a knobhead. Why don't you just break up all the parents and all that died? Just, yeah. you know, I think at the start do all the well, tragedies at once. At the start, when Danny finds out that he's going to Sweden, you, you just see straight away there that he's like gaslighting him. Like, yeah, I told you. you know, yeah. I told you I was thinking about like, it. I've just decided today. Yeah. And it's like, obviously, you haven't. Like, that's her fault. And yeah. then she gets her to start <laughs> feeling guilty. And yeah, so that's when I started. It's not clear how long. It's not clear, is it? It's not, it's not identified how long after the tragedy that is, is it? Yeah. It's just a, well, a bit of time that's not enough to get over yeah. it. But uh, it's, it's pretty soon. It's three or four months, soon. isn't it? Because it's like winter time. So it could be like yeah. January, February, and then obviously 21st of June. Mm. That's a very good point. Yeah, so really not that long. And a word on the costume design for him, it really shook me all the way through. He just wears these kind of nondescript, shapeless t-shirts mm. um and it really i don't know what it was i think it's because i wear a lot of those and i was like right so i'm a dickhead then as well so who doesn't care about people because he it really just highlights him as this kind of like just flirting around life not taking responsibility for anything not being forthcoming about anything he's just he's just a just a guy with no real selfish honor or soul selfish a man child you know and it, i don't know what it was about his, his costume that made that mm. so clear for me mm. It was just this sort of thing. It's not tailored and it's not like... It's just a ill-fitting thing. And I get a lot of those from Primark for £2.50. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like... Just, it's interesting just you mention that because there was an article in a fashion uh, website called The Cut and it basically criticises that and, you know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek saying if you go out with a person like this, they'll take you to a Swedish uh, commune and try and make you kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, it got real vitriol. <laughs> wow. I really thought you were reviews, being yeah. serious. <laughs> it's very prescient of that magazine article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a real type, isn't it? Yeah, she's got a type. Yeah, yeah and I think it, was, it wasn't for uh, Will Poulter's character being such an arsehole. <laughs> like... I like so I thought, looks all right next Did to, you guys think that Will was also a student because I think it's basically I found out listening to an interview with Will Poulter that actually his character oh, is not an anthropology student. Oh right. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> just a guy. The ride. Yeah. Just a guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's and he, and he is he's just like <laughs> oh Sweden, I've heard about that. The blonde and gorgeous. Yes. Mm. Um, and yeah. he's the most bummed out that uh, Danny's coming as well because he's like oh it's not going to be a lad lad Lad, lad, lad's holiday. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and like when he disappears, I'm a bit. It's a bit weird that Jack doesn't go and look for him because I thought that that was him and they. I actually thought I actually bought the fact that they those two were mates though, even though like mm. they might not be very similar people. Like obviously he's arguing with um, with Josh. Uh, yeah. Oh, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. He's arguing with him. So yeah, he, he might have that well, f him, you know, and all that jazz. But then when that other guy's like, it's just kind of dismissed as, oh, he's probably still with that other girl, yeah. and he's just like, yeah, whatever. He's not like, <laughs> keen yeah. to make sure his friend's okay. Um, although, like I said, I bought like um, like when Danny kind of witnesses uh, the part where um, is it what she called Connie's told. That Simon's gone on ahead, and she's like, "What the mm. hell's going on here?" That's and, a great scene. Uh, she's, 
It is, isn't it? It is well done. It's a natural reaction to a really unusual thing. Yeah. And again, like Ben said, you know, these deaths off screen, at the end when they're brought into the into the fire pit, um, I almost didn't recognise yeah. which characters were yeah. which. They're so like, you know, things have been drained out of them or they've been stuffed or they're just these weird lifeless dolls, mm. aren't they? When he picks him up by the head and there's just nothing to, the, to it. Oh, God. Yeah. Right, and the legs sticking out of the ground. Mm. Right, Ugh. so Ben, what is your favourite scene? Well, I think I'm going to mention two scenes: one for the comedy side, and then one yeah. for the um, probably the true meaning of the film, how intense it was. And go on, then let's keep it light. And we'll go with the comedy first. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene where he, Mark, is, yeah, um, he goes and what Chris? Oh, Mark, yeah. yeah um, I'm I'm so bad with names. Yeah, Mark, um, the comedy relief guy. He uh, he's uh, Polter's character. Yeah, Will Polter's character. He's going out and then he goes. I'm just going. I'm just going for a piss. <laughs> pissing on the ancestral tree. But what, what makes yeah. it so funny is is the guy who's like so heartbroken. <laughs> it's it's yeah, like he's crying. And it's like guilt wrenching for him. <laughs> yeah, he's just like I and don't know. Like, I don't know. Mark, yeah. He doesn't care. He's not like apologetic. Yeah, he's, he's not like, apologetic. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Which I could, he was like, oh, it's just a dead tree. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could understand. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you know, I you know, come on, I didn't know. Like, but then I would be, I would still be like, oh, I'm sorry. You wouldn't I'm defend sorry. your actions, would you? Yeah, but it's just him. It's a sort of like middle class male uh, toxic. Um, toxic masculinity mm. of just like oh, I don't know you you know yeah. you didn't tell me you know that's all it, it's sort just of him doing idea. that and then seeing the guy in the background on the floor like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah completely unapologetic about it I thought that was I like great. that scene for the fact that it's one of the few scenes where these villagers actually act like normal yeah. people yeah. where yeah. they're like what the you know he's you like American idiot yeah yeah He's like, what's he doing? He's peeing on the sacred tree, and it's like, yeah, yeah. The mask slips, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why he. That's why he needs a new mask. Yeah. So that's why he cuts off his face and wears it as a mask. Yeah. yeah. And then the scene after that. Well, what was your uh, what was your favourite serious scene? So my favourite, probably my favourite scene is uh, the scene where Danny's just found just seen Christian um, uh, having sex with the the villager, and she she goes off, mm. and then it's just just the scene where all the women are just. Doing the same, crying and moaning yeah. together. I've, I've never like it, it. It's just a crazy scene that I've I've not seen before. It's just so intense. Yeah, that's right. It's something you've never seen before. Like they're feeling her pain and they're yeah. just expressing that back to her. Uh, yeah, that is really powerful. I put that down as my favourite scene as well. Um, mm. It's I've written here that it's about the catharsis that she finally feels about the death of her. Uh, parents and sister and how because she's been with uh, Christian's character Mm. he was the only person she could really pour her emotions onto and then he's you know got to the point where he's kind of sick of it to a point Mm. and you know he's detached from her as you said Sam that she's finally someone's replicating her anguish and she's able to um, let this pain out in front of people and then (laughs) she's finally seen some compassion (laughs) someone's been empathetic towards her yeah, yeah. and that and like you Ben I've never seen that on film before and um, mm. yeah it's, it's it's amazing actually to be fair I think it's it's one of the redeeming features of this film is that scene because it it's so unusual mm. and you can see how that would indoctrinate her into that cult or that commune commune because she's like oh these people get me and even if they're not feeling 
exactly how I feel. They're they're mimicking and the you know there's a lot of power. You know, Sam, you'll you'll be able to explain this better as as everyone as everyone now knows you're a psychology teacher. The um, that people replicating your behaviour has a lot of power on the human psyche. And when you see somebody doing something you um, are feeling, and they even even though the character might know that. They don't know why I'm doing this, but they they know that it's good for that person. I really noticed all the like bits where throughout the film that they're referring to Danny as welcome home and like <laughs> right. they really go yeah. like it really feels like they've been waiting for her. Like there's so many things and it's it, they always when, when they're greeting they always greet her last and they always saying like you 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 know you're from home and all that sort of thing. So I, I think it's really subtle the way they do that and build it up. Uh, yeah, and I think Pella or Pele, he he seems genuinely to feel a connection with her and he's always kind of, you know, when he's t- talking about Christian, you know, does he really, do you need him? Right. Do you feel him? Right. Uh, do you yeah. feel like that character would not be friends with those three other guys though? If a guy from a very intense insular commune that has a very particular social interacting way do you think he would go to america and find three douche bad guys as his mates? because <laughs> well it, yeah it is his motivation for going to america simply just to bring people back yeah that, 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 it's got that a very is, get out yeah. vibe there hasn't it where yeah yeah that's right is he really this machiavellian character because it kind of suggests that, oh yeah, they're honoured, aren't they? The two people who bring new blood into the into the commune for the the, the sacrifice. Right, right. Um, what was uh, your favourite scene, Sam? I think it will. I've I've written down sex scene. So actually, the mm. his him having sex and hers rea- her reaction to it. I think that's it's like a, a mirror. Isn't I think it? it's got all of our favourite one because it's just it building that tension. There's kind of music, but then there's a chanting. And it's just building in in the way that sex does yeah. towards some catharsis of his own, and yeah. Well, there's a great there's a great him. mirroring, isn't there? Um, yeah. Of him, they're all like you know. There's a bit where is it somebody like when he runs out naked, <laughs> and he yeah. hears all the women wailing in the um, bedroom, yeah, basically, and then the women are still kind of moaning in the the sex room, I guess, or the yeah, guy yeah. Ruben's room, and. Uh, yeah, you could, there's that juxtaposition of what's happening and ha- what's happened, and yeah, and and the, the and the you know the calamity, the, not calamity, but the, the sort of tragedy of it, and it it's essentially a rape scene, really. That's how I've seen it described, mm. um, or at least you know not not consensual. He's under the if that was a woman, you'd like oh, he's under the influence of drugs. He's been um, roofied, hasn't he? <laughs> he's been roofied. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, this will break down all your all your defenses, and yeah. then he's scared and he runs away and he's naked. Apparently, it was the actor's decision. Uh, to to make it so he's right, naked, yeah. because he, uh, what I read was he was he felt like women had to do that a lot. You know, they were kind of down to their skin basically, and and then they're sort of humiliated and battered, and they've got to run away. And he thought maybe it'd be a good thing for the man to do that. And you know, he's doing all right, so I think he's happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging dong. What, what is it with actors <laughs> always wanting to get their clothes off in films, though? Because like literally, that scene is a load of women start. <laughs> bullet naked essentially <laughs> like that is a visually that was very striking as well you go in and go oh this is weird <laughs> there's Women all these all ages right. they're in here right yeah well actually well it's well it's well, a young woman and then it's like the what's it the you know like the, the um what's the female equivalent of fraternity 
Sorority. Sorority, thank you. You know, this sorority of older women convincing the young person that this is how you have sex. Right. <laughs> I just love it that she's pushing yeah. him. Like, this is this is her saying, you will you will finish inside her, basically. That's what she's, it wasn't just, like, to help his stroke yeah. or to really enjoy it. Like, it wasn't, she wasn't getting into it. She was just like, no, you're not... Put, there's no withdrawal method here, you know. <laughs> Did you... Like, now, I'll be honest. When the woman starts, like, singing to... Um, so the character's called uh, Madger, I think is how you pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, Isabel Grill is the actress. Um, I I laughed at that bit in a way that I don't think the filmmaker was intending you to laugh. I thought I laughed because I found it a bit incredulous. Like I was like, okay, so there's all these women. They're all kind of encouraging the orgasm here <laughs> sort of thing. And then one of them starts singing to her. And I can kind of get how you can... That'd be interesting, but I don't think the filmmakers wanted you to properly like <laughs> what the you know. I don't know. I said, like Ben said, I think that it was the absurdity and laughter seemed to be the only sane response right, to it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it did really work for me as well. A little side note: I um, was watching it on my laptop, mm. and because I didn't want to lose any sound quality or lose like the tension and so on, I was listening to it on um, like earpod things, like you know, wireless <laughs> headphones. That is how I want to watch every film from now on, especially a film that's so heavily reliant on the score yeah. and sound because it was so much more effective to just feel it right there. Yeah. You know, I didn't need surround sound. It was literally just in my ears. Um, and for that scene, it, yeah, the absurdity kind of... Again, a, 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 the sort of word of the day is catharsis. <laughs> it was a cathartic thing to just laugh and just l- squeak out a little bit of the tension and the oddness. So, Ben, what was your favourite line in the film? I, I felt it, it was really difficult to make a favourite line in this film, but one that might have passed you by because it was subtitled, and I don't know why I like it because yeah. it doesn't really make sense. But when Danny's dancing at the Maypole when they're choosing the May the May mm. Queen, she starts mm. speaking Swedish, and one of the and yeah. she, she no, it didn't pass me by. <laughs> but she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't. Uh, one of the one of the Swedish girls says to her. Um, you don't need words to talk. It's dancing. Yeah. And I don't know why yeah. it just kind of resonated with me. I don't, I don't quite understand it, what it means, but <laughs> I also tried to listen and I thought that sounds like absolute bollocks. Yeah. Than <laughs> I would love to hear if that's actually Swedish. Yeah. It was saying, yeah. or if it was like, like Charlie day on always sunny, believing he can speak Mandarin after a couple of days. Yeah. And he's like, but she's on shot. I was, I had, for my own sanity, I had to interpret it as um, she was just tripping and she thought she yeah. was talking to her. Yeah. And the only way you could convey that was that she was, they was doing it in Swedish or what sounded like to her in yeah. Swedish. But it is a very, it's a very effective way of showing that she's, you know, she's getting more and more into this, into this. Uh, Lo- losing her grip on I sanity. Think, yeah. For oh. me, there weren't that many... Um, good memorable lines no. in a serious context no. when I was thinking of favourite line it felt like maybe another draft or something just to get the odd more resonant line for me the best lines were the funny yeah. ones and yeah. they're all I think they're mostly all from Mark so when he says when, when the ladies are picking the flowers um, backwards <laughs> he says somebody should tell these girls they're walking stupid <laughs> Or when they're tripping and it's and it's nine pm mm. and he says it can't be nine pm it's still light and he wants them to lie down. Josh, can <laughs> yeah, you lie down, please? Yeah, that's great. 
and then, and then obviously, so we're we just going to ignore the bear then. <laughs> it's a bear. I like the the bit where um, when he gets when he gets uh, paralysed and knocked out, and the woman's like, "Ah, you're you're awake now. Ah, good." And she's smiling. And she's all happy. Yeah. That you can't talk and you can't move. Okay. okay? <laughs> yeah. That's what she's like, like just checking. That's fine. <laughs> she's like reassuring him, <laughs> despite the awful just to thing let you know. about to do to him. <laughs> You know, paralysed for the rest of your very short life. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good question because they leave it to the they leave it to Florence Pugh's character mm. to decide. What if she? I mean, obviously the film was going in the way that they were never going to let. She was always going to pick him to be the one that was killed. That was obvious at that point, um, which was entirely within keeping of the turn of the film. I wasn't. I'm not. I wouldn't criticise that decision from that character. Um, but if she hadn't chosen him. Is he just a locked-in syndrome yeah. forever yeah. there until the next one? Or is, he just gonna be, or is he just going to be let... Or is it, is it temporary paralysis he has and he's just going to be <laughs> let loose? You know, are they going to do that? Um, is the implication that the, the the thing that was blown in his eyes, that that's what's causing that? Or did that just knock him out and then they've given him something else maybe for... Maybe. For, uh, um, I assume that the powder paralysis. was both. I didn't. Yeah. I just assumed it was temporary. But yeah, so I think with horror films, sometimes you've got to do quite a lot of mental gymnastics to accept certain situations. Um, yeah, I think I think they said that. Up, yeah, the, the way like I see when, the ending is like uh, more of a allegory or fairy tale, really. And I think uh, we'll probably look at reviews later, but that's definitely where you get the audience reviews. They just didn't didn't feel that at all. They were just looking for a straightforward ending. Whereas I feel like, you know, I feel right. it goes for a, a more, you know, it's basically a fairy tale, really. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of symbolism of being, being a bad bear boyfriend. and the Christian, <laughs> you know, he's the Christian that's been killed by the yeah. pagans and all that yeah. sort of stuff as well. Yeah. So my favourite line, um, I'd have to say it's uh, the bit where um, uh, Pella goes to, uh, and Sam, you said it earlier, uh, where Pella speaks to Danny and he she he just says to her he's my good friend and I like him but Danny do you feel held by him does he feel like home to you mm. and I think that mm. resonates quite that's quite striking kind of well it's an important line isn't it yeah. in the film and her where journey do, what, what is it, it gets to the nature of where do you feel like home and especially after her trauma of her home being just stripped away in one night you know where what she's trying to find her place in the world mm. and yeah, I think that was probably the best line of the film. But again, the the majority of the comedy beats are actually quite good in this. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to do the Should review. Should we hear the critics? Yeah, critics. Yeah, so what did they think? So Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian gave this a five-star review, so he really liked wow. it. Um, he says, Ari Aster now presents us with this fantastically sinister and self-aware Euro Bacnell, uh, clearly inspired by the 1973 classic The Wicker Man. So he straight up compared it to The Wicker Man. Um, had high praise for that. Um, so yeah, he was, you know, a five-star review from Peter Bradshaw is always good, I think. Mm. Yeah, that says a lot. That's good. Mark Kermode liked it as well. Uh, I listened to his review and the really excellent interview with Will, Will Poulter as well. He he was a fan of it. Obviously, he cited um, the Wicker Man as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Well. I think I think the director Ari Aster. Um, you can. I'm, I'm guessing Heredity was quite a good film. Do you know what I mean? It can't not be because this film is gorgeous. I can't pretend it's not. <laughs> and I do like that. It, this is what kind of did annoy me a little bit was that it did some horror tropes. And it didn't do others. Like, usually, like you say, there's, horror films aren't set 
in the middle of the summertime, you know, yeah. when it's daylight Out outside. Open. Yeah. You know, and that's that that does make you know, when you're a bit world weary of films, you know, when somebody's when the, the the awful thing's happening on a bright sunny day in the middle of summer and um, you know, that I really enjoyed I did enjoy that subversion of the of the genre. Um, there was one face in the mirror when she's tripping and she goes and looks in the mirror mm. and I thought, Oh I hope there's not a lot of that yeah, and it yeah. was just one little implication and I was fine with that. There is a lot in the background though. Fine. There's a lot there's it. Yeah, I heard about yeah. this, like in the trees and yeah. things. Yeah, and apparently you can see her sister and right. um, with the yeah. um, tube of the from the mm. um, she used to kill herself with the, the car um, fumes. You can see that apparently in the background when she's walking right. to the table after she's uh, becomes May Queen. Mm. Um, That's right. Yeah. So Clarissa Lowerty in the Independent uh, said the horror stars. Um, it's a breakup movie wrapped up in a pagan horror. She just basically described what it was. Um, you know, her point was horror starts at home. It's that a bit, a bit like with Taika Waititi. Great two films we can actually, you know, uh, compare to together. What well, the domesticity of it? Yeah. Um, obviously, in Taika Waititi's, it's more of a city living. You know, oh god, you know, I've got to do the dishes. I don't even use the dishes. Who cares? You know that kind of thing. And this is that kind of. <laughs> Um, you know ideal communal living kind of idea that you know some people you know the hippie the hippie ideal right. um, and that's appealing to a lot of people uh, I find uh, people always like that so and the, 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 they always and there's, there's unfortunately there are a lot of examples even in the 20th century of people being brought into these situations and uh, it all ending horribly so yeah, yeah. It's, it's occasionally an appealing idea. So one of the one of the questions I actually wrote down was, at any point were either of you sort of seduced by this community, this idea of, you know, we're away from the rest of civilization and yet we're so happy and friendly and all that sort of stuff? Personally, no, because one of my criticisms of the film would be that I don't think the people in the commune act natural enough and I know that's kind of part of the the tone of the film that you know and to, to give you that the heebie-jeebies a horror director has to make people seem seem visibly there but also alien and foreign in a mm. in a really uncomfortable way and I get why they do that in these films for me I, again I don't really enjoy it when they do that because it doesn't feel natural and people not natural acting naturally in their home essentially even if there's these foreigners around you can't hide it for long um and i know that a lot of the reason they did this was because obviously the tone of the film and also that i think they, they shot it in hungary predominantly so i'm oh, guessing yeah, they yeah. couldn't really have people talking in the background because swedish listeners would be like that's not swedish <laughs> and i think that would really aggravate me if i was swedish as well yeah probably a little bit yeah, yeah. um what about you two yeah, I, it was just a bit appealing in the sense of how happy they all seem to be and certainly the way that they're advertising it, I fell for that. Mm. And this kind of living in nature and, you know, anti-capitalism sort of thing. But yeah, obviously it gets a bit goes a bit wrong. <laughs> yeah, like one of the, the audio things they did in this film was they had a baby crying all the time um, right. in the communal Oh, God. Bedroom, yeah. That which, was... Oh. Which is now is also on, sorry. Is, sorry is genius because we are innately built to to not enjoy that sound. It is like hardwired into our brains to dislike yeah. that sound. It's the it's the worst sound. Yeah. 
So that's great to make your audience feel uncomfortable. Babies cry a lot, even when they're teething, but they don't cry all the time. You no, know. but it was it was felt like one of those decisions that was made almost in the edit um, of like because it's not referenced or anything like that. It's almost like how can we make this even tenser and more on edge uh, inducing? And uh, yeah, baby crying is a really good way to do that. Uh, I've just gone back to that scene we were talking about. I've just seen her sister in the trees. Oh wow! <laughs> it's it's not like a picture of it. Where it's, about uh, on the left it's or right? one hour, uh, one hour forty nine, and then about forty seconds. Oh right. god! It's like it's like a face made of the trees. Yeah, and it comes together, yeah. and yeah, it's not what I was expecting. I, was expecting. I mean, there is a yeah. the bit as well when she's walking there that you see her mum and dad walk past her, don't, yeah, yeah. don't they? That's, oh god, that's that, so subtle. That bit's quite yeah. trippy. I mean, I've been traveling quite a lot, and just from experience, it resonated with me because whenever you stay in hostels and you're tired and you just want to get sleep and you can just hear noises and like I just felt like I know what they're going through <laughs> <laughs> like take that sleeping pill get a good night's sleep and yeah, yeah. so that kind of resonated with me a bit I tell you what though you won't want to live with people who are 18 when you were 36 God. or 35 would you they you mad <laughs> it would be horrible that's a, just a terrible just that range age range is just not a not entirely compatible. On the on the subject of the sleeping pill, I forgot to mention earlier. I wrote down some of the parent guide um, comments from IMDb. Sort right. of, you know, where it says like uh, oh. you know, sexual yeah. things uh, high, and it was just like, if you hadn't seen this film, this is some of the some of the things that it says happens. A man is placed inside the body of a hollowed out bear and is left <laughs> in the building, which later catches fire. Again, um, quite funny when he's there yeah, in the bear suit. A, a man wears another man's face as a mask. And then, this is quite interesting, they've, they've kind of editorialised and added a bit of a judgement here. A tragedy happens near the beginning of the film. A character with relatives involved in the tragedy is seen crying in distress after getting informed that relatives have died. Quite sad. <laughs> you know, what's, what's really sad to this person? <laughs> You can just imagine the person writing that. <laughs> I should mention, quite sad. <laughs> He's seen it all. He's not bothered. <laughs> so Ben's got some quiz questions for me and Sam on Midsummer, haven't you, Ben? That's right, yeah. I thought I'd step it up, you know. Yeah, fill the breach. <laughs> yeah. So it's right. been man of the hour. Come with the man, come with the, mo- come with the moment, come with the man. <laughs> right, let's yep. jump straight into it. Just like Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, first one. Um, how long have Danny and Christian been in a relationship? Well, oh. he thinks three and a half years. She says it's more than four. Yeah, it's uh, four years. <laughs> four years, four two years. months, I think, he says. Oh, in two weeks. Oh, in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah, like, Four years and two weeks. How did he not know? How did it, first of all, how did he well, forget her birthday and her their <laughs> anniversary? Yeah. yeah. He's, just, he's one of those boyfriends that would just forget things and maybe buy some flowers a week later to apologise. Exactly. Selfish. Or when he's trying to light the candle Selfish. and it won't light. I was like, <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, God, yeah. That's good. <laughs> right then. Uh, question two. Um, what is the name of the, of the commune slash community where they go? Is it Hellingsgall? It's called Hargar. 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 Like Hargar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kept thinking. I think the town or something is called 
Helsing's gore or something like that. I don't that. know, it's upside down, so you can't bloody turn. <laughs> <laughs> that annoyed oh, me, yeah. that camera angle. I know it was to signify to the audience that things are turning upside down and they're right. going to go through it, but yeah, I didn't. I, I thought that was a bit of a misstep visually for the... No, uh, I liked it. I loved it, yeah, I loved that. I thought it was... Put me right on edge. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. I would have liked him to have used it again to justify it being used the first time. Right, but but it, but it never it, but it never goes it never flips the right way around, does it? This film, no, no. <laughs> no true. But I would have liked to have just been a part of the visual language of this film that they kept, kept using it to, and it would have made I think I think it would have added more tension. Although hard to make more tension in this film. I think they did a good job. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> question three. Um, so this is a two-part question. Um, what is the age of the old couple who commit suicide? 72. And, yep, straight away there, Sam. Hold on. <laughs> and what is the name of the ceremony where they commit suicide? Oh, that's good. Is it a Swedish name or is there an English name for it? It's a Swedish name. Oh, I've oh no I've idea. No idea at all. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't pick it up, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's, it's Atastupa. Oh, yeah, because he Googles it, doesn't he? And he can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got no signal. And he's like, yeah, this internet will definitely work on my phone. He's got no signal. <laughs> Fucking moron. Glad he's Apparently, dead. it's based on a real. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it's based on a real uh, a real ceremony. Obviously, it doesn't Christ. happen anymore, but yeah. Hmm. Bloody PC gone mad in it. <laughs> you know, when you get to 72, you can't throw yourself off a rock and get someone to bash you in the head with a hammer. Tell you. What happened to this country? What? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. that, that's, you know, that's why Sweden should get out of the EU as well, I say. Yeah. That's safety, <laughs> yeah. People can jump off. Just you wait when we come out of, come out of Europe next October year. October 31st, no, 2025, when we finally have it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, you'll be able to commit suicide all you want when you get to 72, and no one will stop. <laughs> question four question four right another two part question what type of fish does Danny have to try to swallow whole Ooh. and what, is, what is she supposed to get if she does do it so, I can't remember the type of fish is it like a herring or something yeah salted herring, herring. Yeah, salted herring yeah and what does she get they all get good luck don't they I think yep good yeah. luck you knew what you were about yeah. Is it for the harvest or something like that? She's got to then bless the harvest or something. Right, yeah. But they don't even seem so. too bothered that she didn't do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like she tried. There was kind <laughs> of a, came straight back out. That was another bit, yeah. actually, that did kind of give them a bit more humanity because there's one of them just kind of laughs like, oh, you yeah. know, it's really hard to <laughs> swallow a whole herring. No wonder. Well, she's <laughs> the May Queen now, so like they're all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's she earned can, it. can do no wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bit where she... Actually, another good bit in the film is when she's... They're all stood up and she kind of decides when they sit down. I think that reversal of the kind of... She's in a position of power all of a sudden and she's like, yeah. Yeah, and they've established, dis- that. They've yeah. established that as the rule and yeah. the norm. Mm. Yeah, I quite yeah. liked that bit. I, I, that was almost my favourite scene, the the, um, the meal, because where she's touching the, the flowers and she's tripping and, yeah, that... That was really good, that bit. I quite enjoyed it. Final question. Now, this is an interesting question. It's not really about the film, but I thought, I'd, I thought it'd be interesting. Um, so I don't know, I'm not sure if you know the production company who made the film, A24. Oh, right, yeah. Not personally. So that, uh, not personally, no. But I, I think, I think the, the, probably the best for independent films or interesting films that are coming out, I think they're really, 
really up there. And especially a lot a lot of people now who are going to Netflix and stuff are just, you know, cashing in. Whereas these are still producing films that go out of the cinema. Right. So uh, my question is, can you name five film, other films from the production company A24? Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> one. Hmm. Are they... The uh, mockumentary they, about hereditary that hasn't been <laughs> the released making yet. of... So yeah. they go back to 2013. Did so, they make Mother? Mother. No, they did not make Mother. Just thinking of one word titles from the last show. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you a clue. One one film won best Oxa, uh, the best Oscar. Oh, The best Shape picture. of Water? Nope. Best Oscar picture, yeah. Green Book? Nope. Um, um, Spotlight? Okay. Moonlight? Spotlight. Moonlight? Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, Birdman? What's the other one? Not Bird Box, Netflix. Right. No, Bird, Birdman, no, Birdman, Birdman. Oh, Birdman. No, not yeah. Birdman. Uh, so, oh, good, oh, good. Yeah. Hang on, so since 2013. What, so, hang on, we can work this out. Yeah, so Green Book, so, Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. Bird, Birdman. Birdman. Moonlight, you've said it. Oh, it was Moonlight. Oh, it was Moonlight. Oh. Yeah. It's cool. I thought I said it earlier. Yeah, yeah that, that fits. <laughs> that fits as like atmospheric indie, beautiful... Yeah meaningful yeah. it's one like this is one of those films moonlight as well where you just find that you're thinking all the way through you're trying yeah. to work it out that's what yeah. keeps you hooked for two and a half hours like mm. it's got it's got questions so moonlight we said uh hereditary and this film what were the other films uh, how many do you want five go on then give us some more clues yeah um there's a film it's that you've mentioned before two. on this podcast there's one that you might do um Ooh. the master it was yeah. mentioned when you did it's not the master. It was mentioned when you did the review of There Will Be Blood, though. It's ba- it's got a character in from There Will Be Blood. What, an actor? An, an actor. An actor, sorry, not a character. Uh, the Phantom oh. Needle. Oh, The Phantom Thread, sorry. Phantom Thread? No, it's that, that's too big of a film. You're thinking too big. Think oh, more think... independent, smaller films. But surely not... Oh, so, oh Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, yes. Oh yeah, I love the, I love this studio. Bloody hell, they've got some great hit rate. Oh, when you yeah. when I go through when I go through some of the films, you'll uh, you'll be like, wow. Yeah, I mean that's a great film. I really like that. Film. Oh, that is that is one of our favourite films, most underrated films, I think. Mm. We in fact, we just to trail this in the next week or or less, we've got a special episode coming out uh, where we talk about films we love, and that film comes up. So look forward to that. Yeah, um, we'll discuss it more so, there. Yeah, uh, Ben, give us one more clue. Right, I'm trying to think of a film. Okay, oh, it so... follows. Ooh, no. Well, you, yeah, you it's got that guesses. same aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. You don't guesses. Um, I'm trying to think of, think films of a kind film of like like Horn, uh, not uh, like Swiss Army Man. Yeah. How many have we got so far, or how many is oh. that for? So we've got one more. Give us, give us a year. See if we can work it out from there. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a good good clue. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think of one that you might that I could give a good clue for. Give it. Think give of us a, an actor in it. Yeah, that isn't so, the lead or if that's possible. Um, who, you, you'll know. I can't. I can't. What's his name? Uh, Oscar Isaac. He's been. He's been in a few films. Actually. Oh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Yeah, that's yeah. one. These I really like the studio. Good God, yeah, I need to watch. Great. I need to have a marathon. What I really like about the studio as well is the uh, is the commercial side. They're advertising like they really right. do well. Like, <laughs> yeah, the poster yeah. for this film's great, isn't it? It gives nothing away. It just, but it mm. sets the tone of it. I think very well. Mm. Yeah, 
God. I mean, are they hiring the same cinematographer? Because bloody hell. <laughs> I think it's called Pavel something. Um, yeah. Pa- Poglareski. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, well, for, for this film, for this film, I mean, for um, for Midsummer, it's just mm. like all those films, they don't look the same, but they've got that same, uh, like, highly, is it even saturated colour? Like, really colourised, yeah. <laughs> beautiful looking films. It's very nature based. Yeah. Well, Peter Bradshaw described it as. Um, the wicker man for the fire generation. Right, yeah. Yeah. Just on, on, on the production, I don't think we've mentioned it, but there is a director's cut of this film that's come out. I've heard about this. Half yeah, an was... hour longer. Christ. And I think they asked him to reduce it. The production company asked him to, uh, the director to reduce it, and he, and he did so. But yeah, there is what, I think, it might be out now, actually, on, on the Blu-ray version, there's an actual, uh, the director's right. cut. So I'll be interested, because uh, I've read a review of, the, of it, and it said it really adds to the film, so. Well, that's interesting. Know. The review I read was basically saying the opposite. It said that it, oh, wow. it was the reason why the original cut was better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. There you go, films, people take different views with different things. Yeah. Sometimes, opinions. yeah. I, can, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Right, so I've, I'm now looking at their list of films. Oh my god, um, I've not seen it, but I'm very much convinced that Eighth Grade is going to be great, and right. I want to watch that because yep. Bo Burnham's just brilliant. Mm. Um, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, but they don't have lobster. So can that be? They right? do have, yeah, the lobster. Oh, they right. do have the it. Right, okay. Have you seen the Killing of the Sacred Deer, Sam? No, but I've seen the lobster. Oh my god, the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Is it better? Um, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But I, I love the lobster. But the killing of sacred deers. We should have had that on our underrated film list, Sam, the other day when we were making yeah. the Because that is. But then I did. I did get film. a bit bored of that film by the end. It is really? so different. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it, lo- it sort of started to lose me by the end. It is actually one of my favourite films of this of this decade. It was wow. just Green so. Room. They did Green Room. Field. I hear that's good. Is it? There's I'd a love to get film. Jeremy Solnier on actually because he yeah. is just I've heard him in interviews and he is fantastic and Green Room is great Blue Ruin is brilliant Blue Ruin yeah oh I love that I think Ben showed me that film what so Ben film that is. how many questions did we get right <laughs> I think you got them all right film. I think I think you got them all well um, between you <laughs> just about we'll take that well done I think that's a win Sam I'll recommend a film Good Time it's on Netflix it's got Robert Pattinson Good Time it's a great film. A great Ooh, okay. Film. Robert Battington. Yeah. Arpats. Battlebit. Battinson. Arpats. Arbats. I love him in interviews about Twilight. He hates. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. I like Arbats. So, he sounds like he's from down the road. And he, oh, you know what? Arbats. Oh, oh, get out. Um, <laughs> Hugh, what, would, what rating would you give this film? Um... How many Wicker Men out of ten would you give this <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's have a cliffhanger. We'll have a quick break and we'll do both of the ratings for what we do in the shadows and for um, Midsummer at the same time. Good idea. Okay. okay. Great. See you in a sec. Welcome back uh, after the break there. So uh, before the break, should I say even, we were going to find out what my review of Midsummer. So Sam asked me how many uh, Wicker Men out of 10 I would give it. Um, personally, 
So I think I set the bar a bit too low last week with um, twelve angry men. I gave that a seven. So I'm gonna yeah. re- I'm gonna revise. Good what? I'm gonna rev- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I've had a thing. It's like oh, seven, maybe eight. Oh. Yeah, because well, I had my reasons for it, Ben, at the time, which I now <laughs> they've evaporated. Not evaporated. I just think I didn't give the screenwriter enough credit because it was basically it's like the perfect film. <laughs> it's because there's a lot of good plays that do that. And they don't right. always get translated to right. films, so... Do you blame in the film industry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> at, least no, you had, at least you had your reasons. Yeah, so yeah, well. <laughs> there is lots of wordy, great dialogue plays that have interactions between multiple characters and they're able to follow along with it perfectly well. It's it's a known trope in the stage, you know, theatre industry. However, that said, and that's... So I put it down to a seven because I was like, yeah, it's a good... It's a great... F- it's a good stage play transposed onto film and because it's not on film regularly that's why I gave it a 7 but on reflection it's at least a 9 <laughs> oh yes it's gentlemen it I mean here and climb down this let, is fantastic I love it no I'm not climbing well, down no, welcome I'm into just... my bosom honestly I'm, I'm into it I'm well I'm into not... it I don't want to make you feel bad about this because you've made the right choice there Hugh. no no I just I'm quite happy to revise my opinion um, you know it's a, you know a, a what is a mind if it's not for changing, I always say. So, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so in this term, so for this week, because I think I'd have to give this a seven, because it, it's not a terrible film, in my opinion. It's, like you said, it's beautifully well made. It's got a great performance from Florence Pugh. There's some outstanding scenes, just the bits that I didn't like, and the fact that I laughed at a part that I don't think the filmmaker was expecting was meant for you to laugh at although there is humour in that scene and there is the humour later on I think that it fell down a little bit there um, and also I have a little gripe that an anthropologist would go and secretly take pictures of um, a sacred text that would just never happen they, it's that's... career making though isn't it it's career making but it's, it's, it's student, breaking um, the anthropologist. rules it's breaking the rules of anthropology. Yeah. You would, you would, you if they knew that you had taken pictures secretly, you would have got your thesis would get destroyed. Right. I don't think he would publish them. Anyway, so you give it. Well, he'd have no choice, would he? But then, what's the point in taking if you can't write about it extensively for ten thousand words? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, I think that's. But that's just me being annoyed at like <laughs> silly things that. You wonder, it makes sense for the character to do it, but he would never do that. Nice. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Let's just agree to that. You're wrong on that one. Why? Um, no, no, no. Come on. How am I wrong on that one? Why? No, because an anthropologist is meant no, to observe a, a community and its way that it does things, and they're told not to interfere with the running yeah. of the place. Um, no, I know you've been to a lot of um, anthropology lectures, but. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just it's one of those where he's got lectures to he's know got them there he's, not he's got them there but he's not he's got them well, there but he's not allowed listen, to anyway if it took you out of the film Hugh then obviously yeah it's yeah it's to mark it down so but is it, but what I'm saying is he would ha- his job as an anthropologist would be to work to get access to it that's a lot of their training is a lot of great anthropologists in they ingratiate themselves with the people they're studying and then they're allowed access to these things that's their skill is interpreting and one of their big skills is being able to like I said ingratiate themselves Listener are you an anthropologist? Do you want to take (laughs) issue with anything that's been said here? There is a helpline Um, So Hugh's given it a 7 I think I'd give it a 8.5 
really, really good, possibly a nine. Um, right. Because it did what it was supposed to do yeah. really effectively, nice. and I wasn't bored for two and a half hours, which is really good. Ben, what do you think of Sam's points, pointing, half, giving it half a point here and half a point there system? You never can, like you can never make a decision. Like can never, you can never make a full decision. You can never say well, it's seven or eight or nine or ten. It just has to, to fractionalise everything. You no, know, we've got ten points that you can work along. If we want to fractionalise, we'll go for five. <laughs> or we'll do a hundred, and then you can give it eighty-five out of a hundred. I'm well behind that. I've, this is know, um, campaign for it. This is this is going to annoy you, Hugh, but I, I didn't think you know i've not just changed my mind but i was thinking while you were talking about it i'm i'm giving it nine and a half <laughs> ritual suicides out of ten <laughs> that's good uh, how about um what we do in the shadows how many oh, i've not thought this through how many uh vampire hunters okay I'll, I'll think of a better one later how many would you give it out of ten Ben, go on, you go first. How many swearwolves? How many swearwolves out of <laughs> ten werewolves? I would give it a solid eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying me now. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. And what about you, Hugh? Um Yeah, I'd give this a nine, to be honest. I really do. Wow. Really, yeah, I really because it's it's a comedy's so hard to do. And when it's spot on like this, it's it's up there for me. I really love a good, a well-made comedy film because it's yeah. it's so rare that you get a film that's practically flawless when it comes to comedy. Because like you said, they always have those issues where they meander a bit in the middle because they know it's hard to sustain the comedy for so long. I think for me, I'd give it eight point five again, like like Ben, because um, and I think it's it is the lack of a plot that holds it back from being mm. a truly great film rather than just as was mentioned in, the, in one of the reviews more like a series of sketches and a like a proof of concept for a sitcom i think if there was a serious plot not a serious plot like a dramatic plot but an actual plot uh, like a mm. some sort of bridge then it would have been basically perfect for what it is yeah so, eight yeah, seems eight seems really too good. low but nine seems too high so exactly <laughs> that's it nine sounds like an all-time yeah. great film ever Eight yeah. sounds like surely an all-time great like would be a ten, a nine and above. I'd say mm. nine and above. All-time greats get tens for me. Well, that's like the Empire Strikes Back. Sam, that's a ten. Out of yeah, 10. that was a three for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? And you, you're friends with this guy, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think we should. I think we should wrap it up. Um, yeah. What we're going to do next week? <laughs> <laughs> Strip to the waist. <laughs> Skin on skin. Um, what are we going to do next week, Hugh? You tell us it's your film to recommend next time. Yes. So next week we are going to do the James Bond classic, License to Kill. Oh. Yeah, because Sam... So I tried with Star Wars. didn't work so well. Um, I'm now going to try and introduce Sam to my love of James Bond and, it's, and the wonders of... Uh, repetitive um, action films <laughs> look I don't think he's going to like it I'll be brutally honest the audience with you now but but in Sam's I think Sam may enjoy like when I like having Ben on today thank you for coming on Ben it's been great having you um, really love your insight into horror films I think that it's sometimes good to see other people's enthusiasm for a genre of film that you maybe Mm. didn't really give too much time to 
Right. And you see the the actual subtleties and the nuances and the the way that these films are built. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Sam, what do you know about License to Kill? I know that Alan Partridge um, used it as an example when when uh, his assistant Lynn said, "Can't you just cut out one of the Welsh ones?" And uh, it's not Johannes the Bond, License to Kill. Um, I think it's uh, thingy. Not is it Lazenby or thingy Dalton? Yeah, it's Dalton. Dalton. Uh, that's about it. I know it's probably still in quite a camp era of Bond, uh, a bit silly, uh, pre-Daniel Craig, so it's all going to be a bit silly. Uh, like you said, I probably won't like it, but I will go in with an open mind, sort of. Ben, what do you know about it, just out of interest? Have you seen it? Well, I don't want to say too much about it, because, um, but yeah, it I just want to say I think, Sam might be, I think Sam might be a bit surprised by it. I, I like it, I like it, I like Bond, but... Yeah. It's not. It's not one I, I would have picked to introduce him to it, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I'm. De- I'll definitely be interested in what Sam. <laughs> it thinks. is an odd choice. I've not. I've not seen Goldfinger Ben, and he's making me watch fucking License to Kill. So well, because an, the, the, Sam, the f- I think you'll. I think you'll be surprised by it. I think you'll be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I will. I, I open mind. My mind is open. Now. <laughs> for now forcefully wedged open <laughs> so Hugh if our listeners want to get in touch with us and um, you know talk about our rating system and all that where can they do that so if our listeners want to set up their own commune um, <laughs> and then send one of the people of that commune to uh, indoctr- to convince me and Sam to come and visit them preferably at the summer solstice and then they can, <laughs> then we'll go there we'll, in, they will ingratiate, ourse- ingratiate ourselves with the locals and like good anthropologists exactly um, and then <laughs> when we're there they can deliver the message to us um, but failing that they can contact us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com Sam where can they find us on the internet on the internet you'll find us on twitter at pleasewatchpod and Facebook we're called please watch this get in touch uh, you can email us and twi- tweet at us and tell us films that you'd like us to to talk about really and we'll find out if we've seen them <laughs> yeah. simple as that yeah. Ben no, our greatest gratitudes thank you again for coming on and we hope and expect to get Ben on many more times in the future <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely get some thank you more, for uh, thank you for inviting me back yeah. this will have been a lot of fun mm, really we'll get, we're going to get him on for don't look don't look that, what was it don't look back in anger don't look now <laughs> what was it don't look now don't, don't look, look now. now we're going to get you yeah. on for that Ben at some point cause... I don't think I don't think you'll get Sam to watch that I'm going to get we're going to get we're going to get Ben back for the thing <laughs> yes he hasn't seen that we can do both so many times he's got a mic now so <laughs> get his money's worth <laughs> yeah. alright thanks again uh, listeners we love you and we'll speak to you next time bye, bye. two hours of what you have just heard. You will forget the contents of this podcast. Joking! Oh god! Oh, oh, it was just a hair. Got a hair in my mouth when I inhaled. God, I hate when that happens. You don't get a hair in the.